Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think if I remember any of the ones that I saw. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay. Yes, yes. Mentioned this before, when there's a film with a black lead um, that they think a lot of black people are coming to, they tend to put all the movies with black leads in the trailers. Because there was a point in which I was right. I was watching these trailers going like, oh my God, Like all the movies coming out, black leads, this is incredible. And then I realized, oh wait, that's right. They're, they're kind of curating this experience for me right now. But um, yeah. Uh, the first okay, so for me, these were the trailers. There was Night School. Yep, I had that. Uh, there was um, the new Barry Jenkins movie. Uh, I forgot what that was called. Um, it's based on the book it's by, um, by uh, Jam- Baldwin, James yeah. Baldwin. Um, what was the because uh, Barry Jenkins is doing a James Baldwin movie? Yeah, he's doing a Stephen y- James is in it. Yeah, it's called If BL Street Could Talk. It's based on a book James Baldwin wrote. Yeah, it's a very famous book. It's a well, I won't say what it's about because I guess that's the the movie. Stephen wow. James, Regina King, Kiki Lane. Uh, then there was what was it called? The Hurt Within Us, or something. Well, who was that? The Mandela movie, the hate, the hate you give. Was oh, the also, hate you give. That's what it was. The hate you give was there as well. The hate you give, which is based on another book. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I, I shouldn't have read the story. Like I'm not gonna lie to you, I can't. Like my Gerard Gerard just read. I can't. A heart. The this was the story that was told in the movie that we're about to review by Harry Belafonte. That's the story that you just read. Yeah, man. They have they they literally have excerpts, and I'm gonna let you get back to this. They have excerpts from (laughs) WEDB the boys pub. Like I, you can't you can't enter this, and then we just go back to talking about. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Silly movie trailer. No, go ahead. No, I need it. I need it. I need it. I need it. Uh, (laughs) I need it. I'm about to cry. I can't. Oh no. I can't. Like this thing is fucked up my whole day. Like this is crazy. Yeah, go ahead. Let's watch some funny trailers. Let's watch some funny, <laughs> some funny trailers. Dude. Then there was the Tyler Perry movie. Oh, with Tiffany Haddish? With Tiffany Haddish. That trailer. I think I'm excited about that movie. I haven't seen that oh trailer in a while, God. but I, I think I actually want to see it. That trailer hurt my heart so much. Okay. Which trailer are we talking about? Really, first? but Whoopi is so funny in it, right? It's that movie, right? Yeah, it's more yeah, Whoopi. Whoopi's in it. Tika something. I, I hate to see cannot Whoopi. wait. I feel like Whoopi Goldberg is so funny at the end of that trailer. I it's called Nobody's wait. Fool. <laughs> it's called Nobody's Fool. Wait, this is my favorite part about. Oh, okay, wait, let's talk about this trailer first. Then it's called Nobody's Fool. Uh, it's got Tiffany. Ha- this is the second Tiffany Haddish trailer we saw because we also saw a Night School, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. T- Tiffany Haddish and Tika Sumter, and uh, the premise. It's so funny because this movie starts off. It's like you see Tika Sumter. I hated it. You know, she's like, I'm the first, I'm going to be the first like vice president at my job, black vice president at my job. You're like, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. She's like, I'm killing blah, blah, blah. But like, you know, she gets a phone call uh, from Whoopi Goldberg, her mom. And it's like, uh, oh no, or her aunt or something. She's like, hey, your cousin is getting at, I think it's a cousin, right? Your cousin's getting out of jail and she needs somebody to pick her up from jail. Oh, what time? what time it's jailed you can show up whenever okay she picks her up who is it of course it's tiffany haddish tiffany doing her thing you know being hood and and just being like wild like ah let's go to the club i'm you know blah blah blah, all this stuff and you're like okay so this 
movie is going to be about, you know, how she's acclimating to life outside of prison. It's like a kind of, you, you feel like it's going to be one of those uh, odd couple type movies, you know, somebody who's straight laced and neat, you know, having to live with somebody who's wild and crazy and outrageous and messy. Uh, Wait, but it's not that? I haven't seen this trailer in so long. Okay, okay. But then then literally halfway through the trailer, halfway through the trailer, (laughs) halfway through the trailer, Tika Sumter is like, yeah, I got this guy that I've been like talking to a bunch. I just, I never see him or whatever. You know, it's uh, there's always something happening. And then Tiffany has just like, oh, you got catfished. Yeah, this dude doesn't look like that. Like, that's not a real dude. And they're like, I got catfish. What? And then she's like, nobody catfishes my cousin. And then the rest of the trailer is about them trying to find the person who catfished her. I was like, first off, Tika Sumter is about to get catfished. So, why do they spend so much time <laughs> doing the setup? Because I'm sure that happens right away in the movie. Like, I'm sure. No, like, I bet that's- it doesn't, though. Knowing, There's the- knowing Tyler Perry and Tyler Perry movies, he wrote and directed. It this, definitely happens an hour and ten minutes in. It's definitely two completely <laughs> different movies. Did, did we don't say that. We sat here and reviewed Boo a Medea Halloween, and that plot of that movie didn't come in until Facts. fifty minutes Facts. into the movie. Facts. No, come on, let's give them some. Let's give them some hope. <laughs> they, maybe they just they just messed up the trailer. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like, I bet, like, <laughs> five not, minutes into the movie, James, she gets out this. of jail, you know. James, that's not. And then that's the whole, and then the whole movie's about how she, come on, Yo, that could have happened, right? My friend Wes literally turned to me and said, I did not see that coming. <laughs> like, it was like a twist, <laughs> a twist in the trailer. It was, yeah. And like, why do they spend so much time on the cat? Who cares? You got catfish, just let it go. Yeah. You're going to track this person down. Oh no, my goodness! But nobody catfishes her cousin. Nobody All catfishes right, her right. cousin. Yeah, that thing. Looks- <laughs> um, and then night school. <laughs> Another movie where the trailer it starts off and it's like Kevin Hart's like you know he's got a terrible job and he goes okay I got to go to night school and then like I don't really even know what the first premise of this movie is. It's like <laughs> Who does? it's hard to go to night school. Like everybody in night school is kind of bad and then they have a teacher who's like a hard ass and then so you know even though it doesn't it doesn't make any i I just was confused and then the rest of the movie is about them trying to steal test results yeah none of it makes sense yeah none of it makes sense the premise of the movie is they're trying to steal the answers to a test sense like their ged test yep that's great. Yeah, because they gotta, you know, because they gotta get out of night school, and and <sighs> and if I remember correctly, you know, Tiffany Haddish is just really hard. She's like really like she's tough, and she's not gonna let them pass. Yeah, you know, so they yeah. gotta steal the answers. I I support this. Well, I support the plot of both of these movies. Uh, well, I'm the seeing both at midnight. The only good thing is, is this this may have helped to get something to get something to Hitchhog, which is gonna be a big movie. And also, as I'm looking up that movie. And Tiffany's making her friends, money. Yeah, Tiffany's making money. And then also in I mean, uh, Sonic, Natasha Rothwell is in it as well. Oh, what do, what do you mean Sonic the Hedgehog? Is this they're the making, animated? They're making a, a, like a, cartoon? a hybrid like CGI live action with, uh, what's his name? UCB. Uh, UCB's Ben Schwartz as the voice of Sonic. UCB. Jim Carrey as Eggman. Uh, Tika oh, Sumter wow. as a live I'm action sorry. person. And what is Rockwell. happening? What? What? Yep. 
It is a what? It's a real thing. Do not tell me about this before we got to talk about Black Klansman. I want to talk about. I want to talk about this movie. I mean, the, the re, I don't know Can why we, the voice isn't Steve Urkel, which it always has been. But I'm gonna leave that alone. Uh, well, you know why? Because wait, oh, so Urkel's not uh, Jaleel nope. White's not doing Sonic? Nope. Ben Schwartz is now. Oh, ben right. Schwartz. Yep. UCB. Hey, yo, UCB's own Ben Schwartz. And <laughs> look, I'm a I'm a Ben Schwartz fan. I am too. But you cannot replace Jaleel White. And it's just a voice. It's just a voice. <laughs> it's not even no, like No, it's not just the voice. He no, no, is Sonic. No, no, he no. is Sonic. He's been Sonic for decades. No, but that's my point. Yo, what? Yeah, that's my point. It's like it's not like you're a live action. It's like, oh, it's just a voice. You might as well just have the guy who always has been Sonic be the voice of Sonic still. <laughs> Yeah, those things are always most weird. places have been most movies have been doing that, and it's and it's gr- fans love that. Yo, okay, man. I mean, this is okay. I don't I don't understand this at all. But what was the other movie? Um, there was a movie like an alien, like the gun, the kid, and the and the brother. Oh, Predators. White. No, 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 not no. Predators. So there's this. I don't know if you guys saw this trailer, but there was, a, and I've seen this trailer before. But it's it has oh a with kid, the black dude with, with the black the, kid. black kid and these like a like a sci-fi gun. Yeah, but his but his family's white and his, it has uh his, his James Franco's white. in it. James Franco's in Wait, it. Let me look it up. I can find it. With what James is Franco. this movie? What? Oh, you didn't see that trailer? It looks insane. No, I don't remember any other trailers that I saw, but I definitely didn't see this one. Yo, did, did you get? Hey, can I ask you a question? I'm gonna look up yeah. the movie right now. But did you get mad when you saw that the the family was white and the black kid was just? It's, it's called Kin. Yeah. But it's did, called Kin. Did, did you I get mad? I didn't. I Well, the reason I didn't was because I, when I was looking at it, I was like, oh, that's cool. They like took a movie and then they were like, hey, this kid could be black. He doesn't have to be white. You know what I mean? So I may be looking at it the other way around. And our girl I'm Zoe looking Kravis at the, is I'm looking at it. the glass half full. And, and maybe you looking at it. <laughs> no, I, like, no, this glass half. This no, no, glass I, got poured out. I wasn't mad or anything. I was right. just like, oh, I wonder. Um, I was like, I just wonder if it was easier to say. That's the kid. So the kid in this movie plays young Donald Glover on the FUBU episode of Atlanta, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite episodes of Atlanta. It's like he plays the innocent kid or whatever, whatever. Okay. Uh, it's funny because I wasn't mad at it. I was just like, oh, I wonder if it was easier to sell this movie. Because he had like I'm like if this kid would have had a black family. Well, what's would so have been interesting different. is that the the dude the brother is also a no name. I've seen I've seen that brother and stuff though. Uh, what's Jack, his brother's name? His name is Jack Renner. Yeah, I've seen him and stuff. He was in um. What? What is he? Who is this uh, guy? He was in. I'm looking at his top movie. Wait, you remember him? You remember him? He was in Transformers. He was the guy who was dating a young girl. Bro. And it was a jo- I'm just saying. I don't remember any act. The only actors I remember Ugh. in Transformers are Mark Wahlberg, I don't, uh, Shia LaBeouf. I was excited about this movie, and now I <laughs> he was also he's in it, and I don't want to see it. He was also in Detroit. He was in Detroit, right? He was in Detroit, right? How do you remember anybody in Detroit? Because I remember the racist white people in Detroit. <laughs> How do you distinguish between the racist cops? Uh, I mean, it's like they might as well have been wearing hoods over their head, well, like Black Klansmen. Uh, I helped him. I hate when I help. No, I'm just saying, you know, when they got hoods over their head, you can't know who they are. They like black Klansmen. Bray, I'm so mad at you because that's not even what happened. <laughs> that's not even what happens. In- I just, I'm I just so feel, mad. I feel it used. doesn't work. You, you said, <laughs> you said they have hoods like black Klansmen. Like that statement is false. I hate, I feel like you Man. use me to help. You know what? Let's just, 
Let's start the show. Jonathan Raylock, James the Third, Drop Milligan. What more can I say? Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Hollywood City. Do you get it? No. Maybe it's the theme? It was my favorite piece of um, musical underscoring. So I was just doing that. It happens in the movie. What part? People what, that watch the movie after this will get it. What part? What part? I think of, it specifically happens. If I remember correctly, it specifically happens at the end. Uh, you know, after the operation, I don't want to talk about it yet. But after the operation, and they're talking to the chief, and they're all sitting in the room, the chief is talking to them. I think that's when it happens. Oh. But it was fun. It was nice because it made me think, ooh, what's going on? It was oh, like, a, man. ooh, what? When James was explaining that, I literally drifted off into space. Hey, wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. That's wow. so rude. Oh, my goodness. That's very rude. Oh, it's my goodness. Rude. Oh, right. Speaking of names, my name is Jonathan Braylock. I'm Drew Milligan. And my name is James the Third. Hey, at least we could hear you, so I'm okay with that. All right. <laughs> Man, guys, this what is a be- voice! What a voice that was! But like, it was that's so, the, like that's his that's real the voice, Black Klansman voice. I know that's the Black Klansman. I know, I know. Uh, yes, hello, yes, sir, yes. <laughs> he was such a, and I love that that was his voice though. That was his voice. I love that that was his voice the whole time. It's funny because this movie and Sorry to Bother You both address a black man using a white voice with a white voice trying to infiltrate something, whether it's right. corporate America or the KKK. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who do not know, uh, who are listening to this for the first time, welcome. Thank you very much for tuning in. This is a film review podcast uh, where we review the films of leading black actors and talk about them in the context of race and diversity in Hollywood. Hey, man, I ain't going to lie to y'all. I'm going to give y'all a warning. If y'all get uncomfortable with talking about real black shit, y'all should cut this episode off because I'm mad as fuck right now. It would be really this weird if somebody tuned into this and didn't think we were about to talk about race in a serious way. No, I'm talking but about... just in case... I'm just saying, because this, this one, I ain't got no jokes in me today. Okay, you so know, like, sometimes <laughs> we like to keep it light. I ain't got no it's jokes. it's gonna get real. People gonna get uncomfortable, okay? I already, okay, well, I already I can all see... Jokes. I have all jokes. All I have... <laughs> okay, good, because we gonna need it, because I can tell you this right now. Like, I, I've been reading a bunch of Spike Lee interviews, a bunch of facts on this movie, and I'm like, yo, I swear to you right now. Yo, in my, I'm not even kidding. In my, in my mind's eye, I can see, I can see all of our black listeners nodding our head and saying, yup. Like, I can see them <laughs> sitting in the car, nodding at work. You know, <laughs> like, I can see them, like, in their house doing laundry, like, mm-hmm. And then I could see a couple of our white listeners very quietly pressing pause yeah. and switching. <laughs> Try, <laughs> trying to decide, is this, is this what I need <laughs> right now? Because I'm going to tell you this right now. As we record this podcast, which is on Sunday, mm-hmm. the 12th, yeah. Right now, as we record this, in Washington, D.C., the Unite the Right 2 rally is happening. The March for White Civil Rights is happening. And I'm looking at that. White Civil Rights. I'm looking at that while reading like about this uh, story 
I'm re- first off, I'm gonna let y'all know the situation of mindset I'm in. So this is about to be some real shit. I got the New York Times articles about the lynching museum that is open, which Spike Lee talks about. I got uh 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 the the lynching of uh, Jesse Washington, which is talked about in the movie up right now. And I have an interview with Spike Lee talking about how Do the Right Thing wasn't nominated for um, the Oscars and also Black Klansman didn't win the top prize at Cannes because, of course, it was a majority white um, jury. Mm-hmm. So a, a brother's feeling real raw right now. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I hear what you're saying. Man, nigga, I'm about to put up Kendrick Lamar right now and just play that secretly in my ears. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's where we at. So, oh, and if you didn't know, we are reviewing the film Black Klansman, directed by Spike Lee, uh, starring James Washington. What's his second name? James, uh, David, James David Washington. John, James John, David. John, John. Oh, is it John? John David Washington. John David Washington. Excuse me. I call him. I call him <laughs> Baby D. Excuse me. I call him Baby D. JD Baby Washington. Dan- I call him for Baby Danzel. Baby D. That's the okay. name to me. Baby D. Because we friends. He definitely doesn't like that. <laughs> Shit, he should. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, I mean. To be the son of one of the greatest living actors of all time, mm-hmm. black or white. Come yeah. on, man. Fuck your pride, bro. That's, your dad <laughs> is Denzel fucking Washington. That is true. Like, no offense. I'm like, you ain't like you changed your last name, nigga. Yeah. It's like, it's, yeah, man. White people do that shit all the time. Uh-huh. The Barrymore's. Like, come on, man. It's, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. If I, when we get on... God damn it, my Martin kid. Martin Sheen, Charlie Sheen. Nigga, what? Yes. All right. <laughs> Accept it, boys. Uh, but Emilio Estevez. Shut up, John. That's true. I mean, James. Sorry, but sorry. what about, <laughs> there's Brandon Gleason and Dominic, right? Dominic Gleason? Man, people do it all the time, bruh. So, Black Klansman, currently sitting at a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's it? Hell yeah. What? That should be a hundred. All right, calm down. So I, for some reason, I heard you say seventy nine, and I was like, "Nigga, oh, what? No, no, ninety seven, ninety seven. <laughs> All right, cool. 97, yo, ninety seven. Right, I'm cool with that. Yo, who's that three percent? I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Uh, it 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 opened. It was like a it was a semi wide release, right? It it opened in fifteen hundred theaters, so that's less than the new movies that came out this uh this weekend as well. Like Slender Man came out in twenty three hundred theaters. The Meg, of course, was the big blockbuster that came out in over 4,000 theaters. You still had Mission Impossible out. You still had Christopher Robin out. So Black Klansman actually debuted at number five uh, with 10.8 million. Uh, but that's, that is not bad. It's not bad, especially for the thing. And, and, you know, the budget was 15 million. So it will make up its budget um, eventually. And uh, I mean, in New York, it was sold out everywhere. <laughs> in New yeah. York, it was, it was packed. Uh, and I mean, it's also a very long film, right? This film was, I think, two hours and 30 minutes. Dude, it felt like 45. I could have used 30 more minutes. <laughs> uh, 2.30? No way. 2.30? I think it was. Yeah, wow. man. And It uh, really doesn't feel that way. That's amazing. Yeah. And what else is there to say? I mean, this film debuted... Earlier this year, right? Did it where which I can. I can. That's mm-hmm. what I thought. And it won it won it won it didn't win the top prize, but it definitely won shoot, what is it? Can't remember the name of it, but it won like the second um top prize at uh, I can. And it was an award that Spike Lee thought he deserved or should have won um for a do the right thing. Also is well documented that he had over a ten minute applause break. Wow. Well over ten minutes. So, correction, it was two hours and 15 minutes. Two hours and 15 minutes. Two hours and 15 minutes. Um, and, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all we have to kind of cover. 
in the beginning. So maybe should we try to do... Wait, I'm sorry. Real quick. Okay. <laughs> I'm over here looking at the reviews, trying to figure out how I got a 97%. This dude, Peter Rayner, gave it a B-. minus. What's his rating. name? What's his name? His name is... Peter Rayner. What do you think is racist? From Christian Science Monitor. Who do you think is racist? Christian He's a top Science. critic. Mm. He's a top critic. It also has it also has a significant number of like nine out of tens, four out of fives. Like, but I'm mad at this B minus though. That's kind of a shitty rating. <laughs> like a B minus. Uh. <laughs> well, I think another fact is Spike Lee purposely held. It. So facts going into this. So this movie shot last September. Uh, Spike Lee was the first person to tell uh, Barack Obama about the Charlottesville, like the death in Charlottesville. He was like, he was at his, at his, like, I guess one of his houses, um, it's the same house where Barack, um, he lives on a golf, like one of his houses on a golf course. He saw Barack on like the 17th or something hole, walked out, told him what happened. Barack was in shock. Uh, and then he purposely held this movie until the year after Charlottesville, which is interesting because the movie came out Friday, the same day of the Charlottesville uh, rally. And then two days later, today, as we record, we have the anniversary that... Right. So the timing of this film is very intentional. It's super purposeful. Yeah. Extremely purposeful. He got the rights. I mean, yeah, we'll just talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So just so people know, if you're listening for this the first time, we really review films that people have seen. Mm. So if you haven't seen it and you're kind of afraid of spoilers, uh, I think we're going to spoil it. Anyway. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not so even like, going to attempt to not. <laughs> we kind of have to, especially with the end of this film. So that being said, it is a true story. So it's not like the spoiling of this film is like super, you know what I mean? Like It kind of doesn't really matter. It, the, the impact that you'll have watching it um, will still be there, even if you know what's going to happen. That said, if you don't want to know what's going to happen, turn it off now. All right, cool. We're going to yeah. do initial thoughts. Gerard's rearing to go. Uh, I mean, I I think this movie's a masterpiece, man. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen a movie. And I saw this in a, I saw this again. I don't know how this keeps happening. I saw I saw this as the only black man. Actually, no, it was a black couple. It was sold out. All white people in it. And then an Asian couple, an older Asian couple next to me. Um, people were laughing at things that I was like, they were supposed to laugh, but I guess for me, I understand why it was. I think Spike Lee purposely wrote things in this movie that were funny, but also like message moments. And I think it was easier for people to digest. Um, but to me, I thought this movie was crazy and impactful because of all the lessons it taught. Um, I mean, and even I thought the shots, man, it felt like this movie was just infused with passion. Like you could tell he gave a fuck. You could tell, um, and there were certain shots where scenes ran long. When Corey Hawkins um, is giving his speech early on, it went so long that people were like kind of like chuckling and whatever. But then once certain message bombs hit, I personally have never in a film in a film was like, yeah, like I legit was clapping by the end of this thing, by the end of that speech. Cause he just talks about like, I don't know, man. Like I'm never a person about violence, but man, there's just something about standing up for like people and like mm-hmm. Corey, he gave him time to breathe. He gave right. time for people to say things. And at first I thought with the performance from, um, uh, I can't remember her name. I'm going to look up her name. The actress who plays the main um, main uh, woman in it, I was like, ah, her performance at the very top was very Spike Lee. You right. know, like old school Spike Lee. I was like, ah, I don't want to see this movie. It's going to be like that. But it quickly faded away after right, that scene. Right, right, Um, I thought that was great. I thought having the great, the wonderful, the powerful Harry Belafonte in this movie who, if you watch, 
again, I, I know I think I said this a couple of times on this podcast, but please, man, if you can watch that HBO documentary on the last three years of Martin Luther King, they talk about Harry Belafonte. I mean, they talk about Harry Belafonte a lot because he was one of the first black men in Hollywood who spoke out even as he was popular. So to have him tell this story of this famous lynching, a lynching that um, I heard about when I was a kid that WB the uh, boy wrote about and that he got secondhand from this white woman who was there. And there's a lynching that happened in the town square with kids. It was a celebration. And they did these horrible things to a black kid who I think was 17, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, the the word that people use to, to say it that uh, makes it more, not acceptable, but like as harsh, they unsexed a human being in front of kids and kids cheered it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this is what, 1916? Right. Uh, castrated. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In front of kids while also stabbing him along the way and all these other things. And again, it was a kid, uh, a kid who was, people even admitted was like a slower individual. Slow. individual. Uh, and people believe his husband, challenged. people believe his husband, her, the woman's husband actually killed her and not this actual kid. Anyway, uh, so to have that story and have that story play out while the KKK are going through this initiation while a black man is watching it. You know what I mean? To me, there was just so many moments that if someone else did this movie, it would have been wrong. Like I remember reading this interview with, and I, I know I'm, <laughs> I don't even understand why I think this movie is so important and why it's so hard for me to talk about it because it's like, this was a studio release movie that had to be done by Jordan Peele. And Jordan Peele was the one who found the movie, found the script, approached Spike Lee for it. So it wasn't like Spike. Spike Lee didn't even know who Ron That's Star Wars right, were. because Spike said that when Jordan approached him with it, he was like, this is fake, right? Like, yeah. he thought it was a He joke. didn't know he it, was, thought a it real. was a sketch. He didn't know it was real. Because the thing is, you got to understand, like... He thought it was Chappelle. He thought it was a joke. Yeah. He, he thought it was a joke. Because yeah. the thing is, they're talking about David Duke, David Duke. Right. Like, David Duke, who still is out talking right now, David Friend Duke. Friend of Donald Trump, David Duke. Friend of... The person who literally backed Donald Trump on the election trail, who Donald Trump... Then at one point they kept asking about David Duke. He first said, said he first said that he was a nice guy. He said he was a nice guy, and then he was like, "Oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know that, who he I, is." Then he said, "I don't know who that is," and then he was like, "I'm he's not, I I don't support him." Yeah, I mean, this is a, but also <laughs> it took a, him three times on Friday. Our president at least like came out and did a speech about the year anniversary of the Charlottesville. First off, we're talking about Charlottesville like it was history. It was a year ago, bro. You know what I'm saying? Well, we're talking about yeah, something that was like a year ago. Um, so to me, the fact this movie came out, the fact that people are watching it, I don't know, man. I, like it was, it was so moving to me to be in that theater, to see this movie with a bunch of white people and see people go from laughing to quiet. I was like, when this movie ended, it was silence. People sat right. there. I got up and I didn't mean to be an asshole, but I, when this movie ended, I usually watch the credits. I didn't. Me and the black couple who were sat like they were on my same road, but down. For some reason, all three of us got up and all of us just looked. We just, I don't know what it was. We all just looked to see what people's faces were like. And it was just shot. Because the thing is, this is one of those things where I feel like people, we talk about this all the time. Where there's a slavery movie. Oh, it's so far away. This is crazy. This is the 70s. The yes. images at the end of this movie are last year. Mm-hmm. So the hatred that is in this movie is not foreign to us. This is the one that people would say that doesn't exist. So I thought this movie, I want, I literally even reached out to some schools I deal with in the Bronx. Like, I plan on taking kids to see this movie. I don't know how I'm going to pay for it yet, but I'm going to figure it out because I think they need to see it. I really do, man. Like, this ain't shit. Like, niggas keep talking about racism. Like, it doesn't exist, bruh. Like, oh, we're so shocked. This isn't everybody. I got a president saying, oh, they're good people. No, these niggas are horrible people, and they exist. So I'm like, you know, 
I go on all day. We'll get into it. But I, I think this is one of the most important movies of our time. I really do think that. So that's where I'm at. All right. James, do you want to go? Yeah. I mean, having seen uh, Do the Right Thing for the first time when we did this on the podcast. So that was, what, a year ago? Oh, yeah. Okay. And yeah. then now seeing this movie, I just feel like this is these are, these are the perfect bookends for Spike Lee, right? Like, it's perfect that his first movie is Do the Right Thing. And it's perfect that his last movie is this Black Klansman, right? Like it's just yeah. like such Do the right a thing wasn't his story. first movie. Just it For, was, fourth movie. It was like third, I think. Yeah, we yeah. talked about it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you it, know what I mean, like, yeah. like uh, his huge, his big uh, hit, his first hit, his first hit, right? Uh, uh, excuse me, uh, film uh, film uh, uh, enthusiasts who understood that before I finished my statement. Um, but it's just perfect that like his first critical uh acclaimed uh film is do the right thing and his last one is this and how they're both just like now this one obviously like takes a story that happened in the past but it so uh closely relates to everything that's going on right now like in the same way that like as you're watching do the right thing you're like this shit is literally today this is right now like um and like that's that's amazing, um, and I think it's amazing that he has the 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 skill and the ability to 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 do to do that. Uh, initial thoughts. There's so much that I want to say. Um, I uh, uh, so we've seen like a, a million uh, uh, references to like to Trump in things you know since he since he got elected and in the rise to his. Um, through the through the uh, campaigning process, there's like all kinds of callbacks and like and people making references to to things that happens. And they always like there's particularly now they elicit a groan when you when you see them, you know. And there's one part in this, like when <laughs> when David Duke says, uh, you know, like you know, and and make uh, America get to its. Um, greatness again like he just like kind of says it like <laughs> like a part of his his yeah. uh, sentence and it's like it was the most perfect thing like like it it was like I, I i've never experienced that where like something that like makes me groan something that like i'm sick of seeing something that i'm like tired of looking at is done in a perfect way um uh after it being like hammered into into me for for so long like uh all uh, all of that was just fantastic i thought the acting in this was was great um i had some trouble with the humorous moments at times um like uh i just started feeling like after a while it was like man like are people going to uh uh are people going to feel separate from uh, these racists because of how uh, comical they are? They are seemingly being portrayed. Um, like, are are you know are 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 people that are vet, that are even closer to them, uh, but like might feel like they're uh, uh, better people? I guess may may not be able to see themselves in that. Um, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that like the sort of rendering of those characters is like to show how bad they are. And I thought that he did a great job of that. Um, uh, John David Washington was 
fantastic. Um, I the first tw- twenty minutes of the movie, I was like, man, this voice is bothering me. <laughs> like it was like it was yeah, upsetting same. to me that it was so put same, on. Same. <laughs> but um, but after that, it was like I was a hundred percent on board, and I and um. I just like the story itself was so fascinating and it made me like I I left the theater like uh uh wanting to read more wanting to you know wanting to find out uh, the history around it um and I just think it's like and the ending like you know Gerard was talking about it but like people were silent you know and you just heard like sniffles and like the 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 flag upside down and the and the black turning to black and white and all of that was just like it was just like the film feels perfect by the end you know by the time it's done it's like this is a great movie um and like everybody needs to see it i know everybody's not going to see it you know I know the people that could potentially learn the most from seeing this movie are not going to see it. Um, but it's like, it's so good. And it's like a perfect like educational tool. And I really think that like this should be beamed into the brains of everyone in America specifically so that we can understand the shit that we're the shit that we're really doing, you know, <laughs> we can see like how backwards and how, and how, uh, it just, just how crazy this country is. Oh, one, one last thing. I thought that the representation of black culture in this was beautiful. It was fantastic. Like all of those, like all of those scenes of just like black people dancing. It was like, this is y- yes. Like <laughs> it, it doesn't feel like it didn't feel like, a museum piece like oh look at how beautiful black people used to be it was like no like this is how beautiful black people are like it was like uh, uh anyway uh th- I, there's a lot i could say but we'll get into it when we hollywood is shut down all production has stopped and funding for new projects is tough to come by there has never been a better time to talk through the entertainment industry's issues and try to reimagine hollywood And that's what Hollywood the Sequel, a new podcast from LAS Studios, will be doing. Listen as journalist John Horn talks to some of the most important and -and up-and-coming actors, producers, and directors about what we can expect the future of Hollywood to look like. And more importantly, how it should look. Will there be greater representation for women, for people of color? Will there be a return to the small and intimate movie? Will there be a permanent shift towards streaming and away from movie theaters? Are YouTube, TikTok, and podcasts reshaping the media landscape once and for all? Can movie theaters rebound from shutdown with streaming and social distances as a norm? As Hollywood the sequels ask these questions and more, this limited-run series will spark an ongoing conversation about how to use the current crisis as an opportunity to fix the entertainment industry's fault lines. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive Hollywood the sequel trailer. Available June 23rd. Download Hollywood the sequel for free at LAist.com slash Hollywood the sequel or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's LAIST.com slash Hollywood the sequel. Hey everyone, it's Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno from the wonderful Sex in the City podcast. Couldn't help but wonder. We analyze the show, you might have heard of it, Sex in the City, through the lens of our own very messy lives. And wait. We're not messy, are we? I mean, I'm definitely messy. Okay, yeah, no, we are. We started this podcast because we are ginormous fans of Sex and the City. It has changed culture. Every show you like now basically started with Sex and the City, but it hasn't aged well in 
all areas. There are parts that really hold up and parts not so much. So we talk about the show, but we also bring the show into 2020 and we analyze it with this modern lens. So please check out and subscribe to Couldn't Help But Wonder only on the Forever Dog Podcast Network. And also you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at chbwpod. The world is hard. Don't think of us as a guilty pleasure. Think of us as a consummate pleasure, a tingle for your toes that goes into a full body eargasm. New episodes every Tuesday coming at ya. Keep talking about yeah. it. So, man, this movie for me, the thing that I felt when I left legitimately was depressed. Yeah. And it's weird. Like, I, you guys have both spoken to like all the great, amazing things that are happening in this movie, and those are exactly on point. I'm going to talk about them too. Um, but before I talk about that, I wanted to say, like, I we I it was it was so effective because Spike Lee knew what he was doing. He took a story that easily, so easily, could be a hidden figures type feel good mm-hmm. story mm-hmm. where a black person overcomes racism, you know, fights back, finds a little way, succeeds, and then that's the end. Right? Like you have some jokes, you have some serious moments, but at the end we feel good because this dude took down a, one of the, you know, a little chapter of the KKK in Colorado Springs. You the know? one that was going to do a mass killing too, if you think about it. Yeah. Um, so that is like potentially a feel good story. But the end of this movie very purposely makes you go, no, I'm not going to let you feel good. Actually, I'm going to make you feel really terrible. I'm going to show that almost in a sense, what this guy did and what we thought we did and how we thought we stopped the KKK, we were all wrong. This is not, not only is it not over, but if anything, it's risen to a greater strength than before because the organization doesn't need to call themselves the clan. And yes, and like the Charlottesville thing is the easiest thing to portray and and it's visceral and it's in your face and it's so obvious. And so he put that there, but it wasn't, that's not the only thing he put there. He also put in what Donald Trump was doing in the White House. He was apologizing for these people. Yes, they were very bad people, but there were some very bad people on the other side. And there are also decent people on both sides, right? He's mitigating the awfulness that you saw with your own eyes because racism today is not normally that blatantly in your face. It's the David Duke, what David Duke was doing in this movie, like in present, like we're nonviolent, you know, we don't like, we don't say the clan anymore. We call it the organization, you know, Mm -hmm. like there is racism in America. There's racism against white people. That's where the racism is. Mm-hmm. It's like this, like all of this undermining, tricking, blah, blah, blah. And it's so nefarious. It's so insidious. It's so steeped into our culture that you have a bunch of people, in my mind, at least 60 million people, <laughs> yeah, who maybe they don't think of themselves as racist. They won't call you 
the n-word i can't say the n-word anymore by the way this was and so, it messed so, me up it messed me up right it's uh, like unless it just yeah they they can call you the n-word they won't call you the n-word they won't they won't say to your face or they won't even necessarily have the thought of like i don't like you because you're black or i think i'm better than you because you're black but you know what they are okay with they're okay with being friends with people who are think that way they're okay with letting those people be in office they're okay with those people getting a wink and a nod they're okay with being on the on the side of those people and the ending to this movie was like this is who you're on the side with you don't get to choose you don't get to say there are good people on both sides these are the people that you are in bed with literally you yeah. know yeah. so Wait, it was yeah it was tough because i realized how how far we have to go and I couldn't in, it's like I was enjoying the movie but by the end you can't I can't enjoy because, it because think about it. we've talked about this before and again like I know we've had long podcasts but I'm gonna tell y'all this right now like there is a lot of hidden messages and I wrote a lot down and James normally takes notes this is the first time I ever took notes so we about to be here for a minute yeah <laughs> so be but with that being said like um there's so many hidden messages and and the thing about it is is that like again back in the day our our grandparents depending on how old your parents are they were fighting for very tangible things the right to vote the right to eat wherever they wanted to the right to go to a school things that could be changed by a written paper now the struggle our generation is having is that you're trying to change a mindset and then how do you change basically what you're trying to do now is trying to change someone who hates you because they don't think you're equal to them because they don't think you're the same level of person. So it's a little bit harder now. Like it's harder now because we do have the equal rights. We do in paper. We do have equal rights. We, we women can vote. Uh, African Americans can vote. We can go to the same schools. We, we, we can, we can date. It's not illegal to date someone outside of your race anymore. Yeah. But the thing is, is that you're trying to change a mindset. And how do you do that? Like how do how do you how do you innately go up to a person who hates you because you exist? It's not because it's not because you robbed them. It's not because like you personally have done anything to them. They hate you because they've been told for years and generations that what you represent is a detriment to what they can do as an Amer- as an American. And that's the one thing about this movie that is so good is that we get to it, but Spike drops so many things where like. And they're jokes. And I think you and John, have, I mean, you and James have touched on it. Some of the jokes are funny, but it hurts because David Duke is basically saying make America great again, but out saying it. Like he legit goes, we should make America what it used to be. Like he says little things like that throughout the movie. And it's a joke because you get what he wants to say, but he can't. At one point when he's at the, when he's at their, their convention or whatever, and he goes, we should make America, America first. You know what I'm saying? And that is now something that, Trump has adopted America oh, yeah. first. And he says it on a grand scale. And like these things used to be a joke, but now we can't joke. There's one thing where there's the Jewish detective and um, um, baby Denzel. I'm gonna call him baby Denzel because I love it. Uh, they're downstairs and, driver, they, yeah. and they talk about it. And he's like, not even him. It's the other guy. It's the, the boss. Like oh. not the main boss, but the other guy they okay. talk to. He has glasses and he goes, hey man, you need to understand how serious this is. He's like, they're doing these oh, things yes, in yes, government. Yes. He's like, soon they're going to have a person who represents this in the White House. And he's like, come on, man. The American people will never elect somebody like that. And it's a long take. It's a long take of them having a discussion about how 
American people aren't dumb enough to elect someone who represents this type of evil when we're living in a world where we have elected a person who represents this type of evil. Like, this movie is so deep. It is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. I mean, yeah. that, and it's, it's crazy deep, and that's, think, like, like, that's the stuff that's not even... That's the stuff that, like, he wanted you to see, and then there's some other stuff that's even... Oh, oh, oh can we talk about... Can we talk about the opening of this movie real quick? The movie opens with a oh. famous... Oh, sorry, you're not ready? Before sorry, we ahead. do. Sorry. Before we do. Yeah. We have to actually do a quick word from Come our on, spots. no, John. We got to. John, I'm not trying to do that right now. Ugh. Guys, we got to keep paying and keep the podcast on the air. We'll be right back. We're sponsored today by Squarespace, everybody. Oh, yeah, Squarespace. Now. Squarespace. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what that hey, was. Yo, can I be real? I actually got a Squarespace website. Um, the other day, because I was like, my website is time. Update. I know. I was like, I need to update. I need to be classy. I wanted something that was yeah. easy, drag and drop templates. Mm-hmm. I wanted something where I can keep my domain name. Yeah. You know, and I wanted you, something. You wanted that 24 7 customer support. Heck yeah. And I wanted to start selling things because I had these ideas for t shirts saying, you know, James III is cool, but Gerard Milligan is cooler. Oh, you know? that's great because, you know, Squarespace has powerful e commerce functionality yeah, yeah, that yeah. lets you sell anything online. How y'all just going to breeze past James III is cool? But Rob Milligan is cooler. I can't just breeze past You're right, that. we can't. That's actually a really great slogan. I love it. Yeah, and, thank and, you. and the best thing is that the, Squarespace has the ability to customize the look, feel, settings, products, and more with just a few clicks. Yeah. So it, you get everything optimized for mobile right out the box and, and, yeah. and something like um, James Third is cool, but Jarrah is cooler. But Jarrah is cooler. Uh, can I tell you what's even crazy about it? Yeah. Like you can, you can have your pages. You can like, I'm a performer, so I have like my my main page. Mm-hmm. I have like my shows. I also have my merchandise page, and I used yeah, to live- no, you can, you can, you can, uh, you know, adjust the pages to to be whatever your liking is. But I'm I'm saying, why y'all keep saying? James III is cool, but Rob Milligan is well, cooler. This is, this is, is not cool, fair. This is the cool thing about it. So anybody goes to my website, drawmilligan.com, and they want to purchase a T-shirt. Like I used to live with James III, so I have like photos of him doing really random things, oh, like nice. watching t- I mean, TV shows that right. are silly. So I have some of those, and I put them on a T-shirt. So if you want to buy That's some so of those great. T-shirts, it's, it's super easy. Yeah. Press the button, ships right out to you, all done. With Squarespace.com? Well, see, that's, that's so great. And here's the thing. Even if you aren't selling <laughs> shirts, you know, if you just want a place to showcase your work, if yeah, you yeah. want a place to promote, you know, shows that you're doing, maybe mm-hmm. you have a blog, maybe you just want to have a physical presence online. You're yeah. somebody who works in corporate, but, you know, you don't want people going fishing around your Facebook. Have a have a website. Yeah. You know, just put yourself up there, some nice pictures, your resume. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs a website and... Everyone knows that James is cool, but Gerard is cooler. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just, wow. I, again, I just don't think, I, I mean, I support squarespace.com and I think that everyone should go to squarespace.com. Oh, great. Slash jump if they want to save, if they, you know, if they want to save, you know, some, some money, they got to use that offer code. That's I true. Use, I use the offer code J U M P. J U M P. So I got a discount to make my website 10% off your first purchase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Squarespace.com wow. slash jump. Yeah. I mean, you could make it yourself, make it stand out, make it with Squarespace. Okay, we're back. Finally! All right, it wasn't that long. Oh, my goodness. Yo, okay, the opening of this movie, I love so much because people, I remember in my theater, you were like, what is this scene? What is this scene? The scene from this movie opens with is a very famous scene from Gone with the Wind, a win that was considered one of the greatest movies of all time, right? Okay, that was Gone with it the Wind. It was Gone with the Wind. And now the thing about Gone with the Wind that people need to understand yes, is please. that Gone with the Wind takes place right after the battle of the American Civil War. Yes. Now, the big thing about the movie is that we're following, which people don't even realize, is we're following the Confederates. Right. Like the family is the Confederates. Right. So these are the people who are fighting to keep slaves alive, right? 
So this whole sad, and the thing is, you saw the sad scope of all the dead people, the women yeah. trying to help them. All the people hurt. Like, yeah, everyone's hurt. It's like, this is a terrible battle. Yeah. You got to feel bad for these people. But then, and this is the real shot. The glorious self. Oh, and, it's, and the thing is, it's so funny because it was in black and white. And as a camera pan, you saw everyone in that thing like, um, literally my theory goes, what is this? What is, what is this? And the shot in the real movie ends with a close-up of the Confederate flag. Now, mind you, everyone in this movie, the alt-right to this day, even Donald Trump all talks about America first. Now, mm-hmm. we got to understand in our history of America, the reason that the Confederates used that flag is because the Confederates wanted to break away from America, which means they are now rebels of America. The rebels. Which means this people of the South did not want to be American now. No, Confederates. They wanted to be Confederates. Now, the thing is, these people who keep saying America first, America this, America that, they honor a flag that represents people who outright wanted to fight against a country that they believe they hold dear. States' rights. States' rights. The right to keep slaves alive, but also the right to govern themselves, which again, I keep saying right, this, right, right. Slaves, is to slaves, break slaves, away <laughs> from America. Yeah, yeah, slaves, whatever. But I'm, you know, it's, it's, my right, it's my right to own a slave. It's your right to own a person. But with the thing that you want, no, that's what they say. It's your right to own a person, right? It's your right to do whatever you want to another human being. But that's not what they're fighting about. That's not even to this day what people are talking about. No, they're it's talking about It's their pride. right of pride as an American. Mm. But the thing is, this flag represents anti-American. That's the point of the flag. The history of the flag is it is anti-American. Mm. In this movie here, the first black woman to ever win an Oscar, who was not allowed to go to the actual ceremony to mm. get her Oscar, Hattie. is Hattie fucking mcdaniels and they talk about hattie mcdaniels in this movie later on because she's a famous mammy mammy come on bro now wait spike he's hitting you you with knowledge you could even say you could even say and this is scarier for me but you can even say that it's not that that flag is anti-american it's that they believed that that flag was the real america right like they didn't want to be like you know, I they didn't want to be a part of this other ideal, these new ideals that were being introduced, and and they were like, no, I think that this is <laughs> we've been doing this for we've been doing this. Let us do this. This is America. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they might even have been saying like, this is America. These are my. This you is know, the real America, which I feel like is even harder. Real I feel like it's Americans. even harder to grapple with. Yeah, Here's this a, is the real America. What's so funny about all of this stuff is that there are these buzzwords, and I know they exist on the left too, but it, it's really scary to hear sometimes, and and sad that certain words get, <laughs> you know, co-opted by people who have such hateful rhetoric. So things like. America first. Mm. Make America great again. Dude, American real, real Americans. Yeah. How much? How many times do we hear that in in in, in political discussion? How many times do we hear when Donald Trump won? People said, "Remember when we said that? Remember when sometimes we pretend this isn't a political podcast?" I mean, we're not political. We're not political, Brad. That's not what we do here. We tell jokes. That's not what remember we do. When, here. Remember when people said, "Well, the reason that Hillary lost is because." She kept playing identity politics and she wasn't going after the votes of real Americans. What does well, that mean? Uh, I, oh, can I, can, I, can I raise my hand? Yeah, go oh, ahead. Oh, thank you, John, for Mr. calling Mr. on me. Um, I believe uh, uh, option A, real Americans mean um, white, Anglo-Saxon, middle class, hardworking. That's what America's built on. 
Got it. But factually speaking, um, America physically was built. Our monuments, our land, our crops was built on actually um, imported slaves to America. Okay, but here's the thing about the imported slaves. Oh, what's that? One, they were breeded to be strong, right. but also they're lazy. Oh, factual, which is kind of a contradiction because if your ground, if your farms were mowed and taken up by these lazy people, if literally your White House, mm-hmm. if let's say a lot of the monuments in the South Savannah, almost the entire literally almost all of downtown Savannah was built by slaves. How could a lazy group of people build things? How could a lazy group of people? Well, no, but see, what, but what? You, what you're get, what you're missing is that what you're missing is that they are lazy. Cause it's like, you know, when we tried, when, when, when they were, when people tried to get them to do stuff, um, they like, for whatever reason, mm. like didn't want to do it. Like they like, uh, mm. you know, moved in ways that like seemed like they were against it. And mm-hmm. like, you they know, like being they needed to, to be like whipped labor, yeah. in order to yeah, in right. order to do stuff. It was like it was like, you know, how could they not do this backbreaking labor that they were being asked to do? And, and you, you know, know what? Like, like you're right, James. And how dare they and their ancestors and future generations after them dare to want equality to the people who brought them here? I mean, it's yeah. not like they have a history of building things. It's not like if they have a history of I don't know helping helping with the carbon filament and the light bulb, or I don't know, designing the layout of um, our capital of our country, Washington, D.C. How dare they want to be equal and treated as people who are smart? Because you know what? At the end of the day, we're all homo sapiens, which means we're all humans, right? How dare they want to be treated like a human like everybody else? God damn. Who are they? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so th- we... Uh, Okay, we haven't started the movie yet. So what happened? We started it, baby. No, you're oh, right. We got the first. We started. Thing. No, so we're in Al- the movie. Okay, we're in. We're Alec like Baldwin. two minutes in. Alec Baldwin comes in. Now, what's Alec Baldwin doing? Alec Baldwin is supposed to represent. Um, I, I try to look up his exact character, but he represents someone of the clan. So basically, right. um, the clan would all have these. I didn't touch on it. Training here. videos. Yeah, they had. Yeah, they had videos. They would watch. They had radio stations. Right. And they basically had things that were. Pr- oh my god. Okay, best way I put it. Modern day times. If you watch Fox News, which I do watch, because um, I find it fascinating, mm-hmm. uh, they have commercials explaining why their way of life is better and why the uh, others, which mm-hmm. we are considered a lot of times, um, and they even write still to this day, so we're, other. We're talking like Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, mm-hmm. Alex Jones. What's the woman? The, Tori Laren. The blonde woman. Yeah, there's Tori Laren. Yeah, oh, a, Anna, Anna Coulter. Anna Coulter. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Did you hear about what she said? No, fuck her. Uh, anyway, uh, no, they all say the same exact yeah. racist. She says some. Time. She says something recently that was just so much so that even other even other Fox right. News people were like, "Oh my god!" Just I'm just I'm doing the I'm doing the spike thing. I'm showing. Yeah, this was in the past, but it still exists today. And even the thing that's so interesting about this, and that you compare it to some of those Fox News people, some of the same things that Alec Baldwin says in this monologue. Are things taking from like Sean Hannity and the guy who replaced uh, I don't know one of those racist white people who Bill replaced O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly, um, the one who wears a little bow ties, <laughs> those stupid ass bow ties. <laughs> oh, Tucker Carlson. Oh, his name is so stupid, just like him. Anyway, but it's so interesting is he he purposely put some of these things in this monologue, had a director camera, but also showed this thing I don't know if I like is that he purposely gave Alec Baldwin's character these ticks to make it kind of more comedic, to make it funny, yeah. But the rhetoric is rhetoric that exists to this day. And I get that he was trying to make it tangible, I mean, like digestible. He wanted people to like not be off put automatically. I get why he did it. I get, but the thing is, those things he was saying, people say now in 2018. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I get that yeah. you, 
I get that you wanted people to actually stomach this and think it's funny, but I'm like, man, it's kind of like, no, they need to understand that this is real. I wish you almost would have put a lower third that said, these statements are real and almost like quoted yeah. like who they came from. So people understand like this sounds dumb, but this is the stupidity that is being spread. You know what I mean? Right. Which I think. Yeah. Was his, I mean, you know, no. what's interesting about that is like the, the second that Alec Baldwin like walked out, people in my theater started laughing. Same like here, he hadn't even here. said anything yet. And I and I wonder if that's just because of like the fact that he's Trump right now on SNL. hundred percent. Like just seeing him evokes like something humorous al- already. Um, I just thought that that was also very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah go ahead. And so we did that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Whatever. He's doing this racist stuff. Mm-hmm. That ends. That's ne- we never get back to that. It's not connected. No. He also ends stuff. it. It also ends with. Um, it also ends, and this is another thing. God damn it, we're not political because uh, it's not a political podcast. But this uh, this LOL. also ends yes, with we are. it ends with him and the woman who I guess is his director. It ends with like, um, and God, like I don't know what the exact words are, but it basically ends in how I summarize it is like God bless America, right? So it kind of goes back to the Christianity thing that Trump has been harboring, right? Like he literally, like Donald Trump has quoted. The Bi- like not even quoted the Bible, but he's said, tried. But he, I know he's tried. But he is him and Jeff Sessions have mentioned Jesus and God more than any president before. Like before any people before him, he's name dropped it so many times, right? And to- he's using it to evil extents. You know what I mean? And they in this thing with the exact same thing that Trump is, and he's like, you're using religion as a way to solidify and and, and support evil actions. Mm. So it's just a. So smart. Like how he ended this. Okay. Two Corinthians. Remember that? All right. Yep. So now we start. Oh, right. There's a mar- mar- there's a title card. You know, this is something for real, for real. Yeah, for real, for real. <laughs> it's so for great. Real, for real. It's, it's so great. <laughs> real, for real, true shit. I yeah. think that's what it says. Yeah. Oh, such a good opening. Uh, and it just starts with our man, J.D. Washington. Ron Stallworth. Ron Stallworth with his white voice, with his fro. Ron Stallworth. Look, looking dope. Yeah. Uh, and he's sitting down, and they're like, okay, so he's sitting down with the, the police chief and I, I guess a, the, a politician the of guy, some yeah, I know him as the guy from um, The Wire. Yeah, he has that yeah, catchphrase from exactly. The Wire, right? <laughs> yeah, he's from The Wire. She. <laughs> I don't even watch The Wire, but I know that's his catchphrase. Yes, that is, yeah. Uh, and then he did it in the movie, and it was hilarious. Uh, and they're basically sitting him down, basically saying, okay, you're going to be the first black cop in Col- Colorado Springs. Jackie Robinson, baby. You know, you're going to be the Jackie Robinson. Are you ready? Like, you you know. Was it? The white, the white guy goes, um, are you prone to violence? That's what he says right. to him. And he's like, not if not provoked. <laughs> right. And then there's, they said something like, okay. And then the, oh, and no, the black dude black just, like, no, no, shut up, shut up. What if somebody calls you the N word? No, he like, says, he's like, somebody calls you a nigga. No, and I he's know. like, yeah. I know you don't want to say it, but I'm like, I say it for yeah, It's yeah. like, could you, but this, this thing right here is so important because as African-Americans, we have to live in a world where it's like, you will be treated a certain way. But even through that, you have to act better than them because you're not allowed to react. Right. Like you're not even at, even right now when we become famous, this podcast could be a thing of like, oh, they're spreading hate, right? Well, he literally says, "Will you turn the other cheek?" You know, he's got no choice. Um, and so he kind of is like, you yeah, can see he's I, uncomfortable with I, it. 
the dialogue was great in this because it was very much like you're going to be on your own. Like we can't help you. Right. Like how are you going to act? There's literally this is just a part of the job. Like it was just like very but, like, uh, but also, straightforward, yeah. like outright. Like, but he was innocent too because he literally goes to the mic, dude. Will that happen? You know, because yeah. at the end of the day, he's like, yo, but I'm one of like, and I think his mind process was like, I mean, but I'm a cop. So why would like, yeah, I understand there's hatred, but like, why would they do that? Because I'm one of them. It's supposed to be a family. Like, right. What? And then he goes, will you turn out the cheek? He goes, well, I, I mean, if I, if I have to, yeah. like, you know what I mean? And like, and that's something I think is really true to like how we live our life. It's like, I don't want to always have to have the higher ground. Like I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to, I shouldn't right. have to deal with, I shouldn't have to fight. Oh, my grandma shouldn't have had to fought to sit at a diner. Mm-hmm. You know, like she shouldn't have had to have been like, oh, if someone spits on me, I will not spit back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I love that this dialogue happened. And I love that his, his police chief wasn't overtly racist, but he had no sympathies to a black man. You know what I mean? And that's right. how white people were. Right. So I thought that opener was great. Uh, very funny. Very, very solid scene. Uh, and so... He's in, but his first job is working in the record room. Mm-hmm. Hates it. <laughs> Hates it. I guess I guess Toad was an insult back Cause then. Because the only people that, if you notice, any time he was ever asked for a record, it was only for a black dude. Right, I saw that. It was. I mean, because that's what they call black people. It was like, oh. Yeah, Toads. Toads. Weird thing. Which is so funny because now the alt-right uses, uh, what's that famous meme? Um, people at home probably know, like the Toad that wasn't, that, like, cons- that wasn't considered racist. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's now. Pepe, yeah, Pepe is now. Ah, uh, yes. Like now, it has literally been changed. Like it is now. I think what was it? It was maybe this summer. Um, it is now. Trolls. Yeah, whatever. But uh, he doesn't like this job. Nope, hates Cle- it. He clearly hates it. Uh, hates that people are calling them toads. He gets into this interaction with this one kind of racist cop who uh, becomes like a yeah antagonist throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, uh, that scene was that scene was great. He he has like he's just like he's like say their name. He's like you tell me. He's like I don't have tell me the name. Yeah, I have human beings. Yeah, and then he goes, okay, the name is this. Yeah, and he takes forever to bring takes it back. Takes forever to bring it back. <laughs> gives it to him, and then he's and then the other guy's like, was that uh, nice enough for you or whatever? Officer Toad. Officer Toad. Uh. Um, and then and then we see him go back to the cop to the chief and he's like hey i think i'd be great as an undercover you know he wants narcotics i think right he wants yeah and he's like yeah well i think he says i'll be great as an undercover detective and then the chief was like what like narcotics and he was like yeah whatever works yeah and then he goes no you just you just started working here get out of here yeah and then like later on he comes back and he's like all right actually we do have something for you all right I gotta say one thing about this. Sorry to keep going y'all out because like this, this, I think Spike Lee purposely kept saying certain things. And um, as they give um, Stallworth his assignment, they're telling him why it's so important because the guy they need him to spy on is was a part of one of the greatest groups that was a threat to American culture, the Black Panther Party. I'm that, right, that's what they said. And he literally goes one of the greatest threats to American culture. Yeah, mind you, the history of the Black. Panthers. They, they call them a domestic terrorist group. They call them all the time. And mind you, the, the factual things, and this is what my white friends at home, like straight up, this is literally for white friends at home. The Black Panthers had never, out of the history of their existence, ever gunned down anyone white even after being oppressed. They held guns that they legally got, which is the only time in American, like one of the only times in American history that gun laws were actually changed because 
white America and the government were so fearful of black people actually owning guns and be able to legally walk down the street with them. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the Black Panther Party was literally there. They gave mad food to the community. They were there to protect the community because the police enforcement and the KKK would run rampant and people were literally lynching African Americans in the street, which is we will get to later on. And police were assassinated. Yeah, literally in the street, yeah. legally. So it's like, this is why this group was formed. And this group never, they never ran an assault on anyone. They never ran it. They never even ran up to like a KKK like office and just went ham on people. That never happened out of the history of the Black Panther Party. But the government, the government went after, them, went after them. And also, if you've seen the movie, which you probably can't find, like Black Panther, which I mean, uh, Panther, I think this was called. And you saw how literally their leaders were gunned down by officers of the law. With, and it wasn't, even, it wasn't even like they had, this is the thing, the raid wasn't even because they thought drugs were there. It wasn't even because they thought like prostitution was there. Not even that they thought anything was legal there. They just had to take them down. This group that was only built to help a community was taken apart. Whereas a group who has openly murdered still exists in 2018. And our president said they're good people in that group. That's all I want to say. So as you continue, because he literally says right. in this movie, Which a is- threat to American culture. Oh, yeah. No, they considered them domestic terrorists. They were wiretapping all their phones. They assassinated people in their beds. Um, the FBI did. The, the, the government. The government did it. <laughs> and, I, and, that's not, and the thing that's so crazy about it is that's not even the thing the government takes back. It's not even like, yeah, man, the things were bad back in the day. It's not even a thing they even care to explain. They don't explain. really admit it either. They, they don't, don't. But the no. thing is, like, they won't deny it. It's not like we don't have records of it. Yeah, but they, I mean, there will all those people will say like, no, like, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's exactly what's happening today when people get black people, unarmed black people get shot. It's like, well, it's their fault. They weren't court. They weren't cooperating or they, I was fear for my life or they were, you know, all these reasons. To if give. you want a comparison to today in 2018, think about how Fox news and our president talks about black lives matter, a group that is, that was organized and created that's by exa- women. That's exactly right. Created by women. Right. And the only thing that they ever done has marched. Right. They've marched. They have never actively attacked anyone else unless provoked. And it wasn't even the entire group. It's literally people, literally grown white men hitting some women, some people in the LGBT community because the Black Lives Matter group doesn't just have black members. Right. Um, and think about how they're considered a hate group. They're literally considered a hate group, but yet yes. the KKK, who has a history of hatred and murder, still exists and is not considered a hate group yet. Right. I'm Well, I'm sure... The some the apologists will say that they are considered a hate group, but they'll say Black Lives Matter. The thing is, they're different, and we'll get to that scene in the movie where yeah. Spike Lee very, very, very clearly shows the difference between Black empowerment groups and White power groups. Mm-hmm. They're very different things. That even yeah. to compare, comparing them is uh, because Asinine. I'm gracious. Because I'm gracious, I'll say I understand I why. Don't. At first, you might think to compare them, but if you even did it, just an iota of research, you would know that they are completely different things. And to continue to say that they're the same, me like now you're starting to be like, okay, so are you racist? Because if you you just need to admit it, then yeah. Uh, all right, sorry, but we we're not we're not a political podcast. We just telling y'all. I just want people to know the history lessons of what's happening because people are like this doesn't exist. Think about literally what people consider the Black Lives Matter movement. If you're like, oh, Black Panthers were racist. Anyway, John, you may continue, please. So his first assignment is to infiltrate this Black Panther 
or well, ex-Black Panther, just this rally that's happening, organized by the Black Student Union of Colorado Springs, the whatever the university Colorado, yeah. there. And uh, he goes, this guy has changed his name now to Kwame something. Yep. Um, it's played by Corey Hawkins. And he meets the this woman who is, she's the president of the Black Student Union, and he kind of starts flirting with her. tries to, you know, tries to cut the line. She's like, "No, you got to go to the back." But she clearly, like, you know, she she fancy. likes him. She, she likes him. She moves her friend out of the way, and her homegirl yeah. goes, "We don't know him. We don't know him." <laughs> <laughs> I love that woman. Uh, we don't know him. And so he goes in, and this is like, this is one of those scenes that is like much longer than it would oh, be in a typical movie. My God, uh, so we have this incredible artistic shots of Corey Hawkins speaking, and then you see all of the black faces kind of like superimposed on top Silhouette, of each other, yeah, silhouetted, it. you know, just just their face, like just really taking in what, what's being said. And what is so beautiful about this speech that Corey, I mean, Corey Hawkins is given is he's talking about, um, he talks about segregation and then what happens after... Uh, uh, what happens after desegregation where it's like black people trying to attain what white people have. He talks about hair. He talks about trying to assimilate to what they have. And also when he's like, he brings up Tarzan. He's like, yo, I grew up, love going to the matinees, watching Tarzan. And who does Tarzan fight? Tarzan fights these indigenous black people, right? It's this white dude who like is king of the jungle. He's in Africa. And he's like, what he realized he was rooting for is he kept saying, kill those people. And he's like, no, I'm telling them to kill me. I'm telling them, I'm literally right. rooting for that white dude to kill me. And it's like, he's, he's trying to change the way of life where it's like, this dude is an outsider. This dude should not be here. And this dude is trying to take away what these black people have done. When I think about when you watch these movies, you see like this white dude trying to stop poachers and things like that in Africa. I'm like, yo, you do realize that these people, I'm not defending a poacher in any way, but like the people who are they're selling these animals to are rich white people. Right. Blood diamonds, you think, like, niggas in the hood just ain't chilling with diamonds. Those diamonds are going to rich white people, which is why these things are happening. Right. It's all a trickle-down effect, which no one is being told about. You're only thinking about the people doing it, which are black faces. Yep. And I'm like, this speech is so long. It's so powerful. And the thing is, as it's going on, I remember thinking, yo, this is, this is like 10 minutes. Like, ten, just of this man preaching so much so that you see, <laughs> you see Ron uh, Star Wars start to change and say, Right on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And the other yeah. two people are listening in the car. The two, the, there's two white officers, mm -hmm. uh, Adam Driver. And you, and I just looked it up because I, I, the whole movie I was like, I was like, man, I keep thinking that guy is Steve Buscemi. I thought he was too. It's his brother. It's wow. Michael Buscemi. I thought, I, I thought the entire time, like, this dude is, he's doing a great Steve Buscemi Did you impression. Know that, James? <laughs> I didn't know it was his brother. No. I definitely <laughs> thought it was him. Um, sorry. I just want to say that, that speech is so great. And I don't know. I loved how slow it took. And I love seeing each, each individual blackface take it, understand it, and digest it. Like, it was like, oh, you don't know what I'm talking about? I'm going to make sure you understand all of this history lesson real quick. Right. Ah, Spike. And I get Spike. And you know I come at Spike hard. Like, I be hating on Spike. I, I do. I be hating on Spike. But damn it, did he do it with this movie. All right. Sorry. Uh, James, do you have anything to say about this scene? Ugh. I mean, it was perfect. I thought Corey Hawkins was like, uh, you know, the the delivery of the speech was great. And I, but the thing that that st stuck out to me the most about the scene was was 
pretty much the discussion that um, Stallworth has about it when he's like reporting back on the speech, which is like the idea of what's going on there is that uh, uh, Kwame Ture is is uh, rallying the black people and uh, to like making kill. the right. youth, you know, making the youth want to kill and start a and start a riot right and he doesn't not say that right? right like that isn't not what he says in fact he says directly to stalworth arm yourself my brother right he does say that he leans in close that shit gets on tape right he says arm yourself the race war is the coming. race war is coming yeah but but the attitude of the room really is like, oh shit, like I'm a beautiful black person. Everything you're saying is right. They're making me feel like I'm not. I I am understanding myself better because I'm listening to you. And mm-hmm. even though he is saying, you know, and he's very pointed, a racist cop, you know, he's not saying cops are bad. He's saying mm-hmm. a racist cop is worse than X, whatever the example is that he gives in the speech. Oh, he, he talked about Vietnam. Um, He's like, I don't want to go over there I'd and rather, kill somebody. I'd rather. Oh yeah, it's kill. worse than it's worse than is worse than Vietnam. Because that's right? the, I mean, that's the war where we like, the bad guys. And, and like, it's like yes, like that's that is right. And you know, and when he says that, the cops perk up. They're like, oh shit, or whatever. They perk up. But what gets reported back is like, no, like the 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 even though he is saying those things, you know the the main message is you are important, you know, and the vibe in the room really isn't like, let's tear down the world, which is what the fear was, right? Like the mm-hmm. fear was like, these black people are going to tear down the world. They're going to take over the world. They're going to kill monger the world. Right. Yeah. But, but you know, it was more empowerment to be a person than anything else. And I, and just that, I thought that, that was uh, beautiful. Also, yeah. I think it's so cool about it is that, it's so funny you bring up Killmonger because I thought about Corey Hawkins' speech and he ends it with, you know, arm yourself because race war is coming. He's not telling you to go out and kill nobody. He's basically saying they're going to come after you. Just be ready. Right. Like that's, I mean, that's what he's saying. I'm not, and again, I'm not advocate of guns or anything like that, but it's just so interesting to me that we live in a world where people are like, hey man, still don't go out and do anything harmful to anybody else, but just make sure you, your family can protect themselves. Right. Because people will try to attack you. Like, and I think about like James just bringing up Killmonger. The whole thing about him was, I want to give weapons to people who can't defend themselves. Right. <laughs> That's the whole, his evil plan in the movie is to just give people the weapons it takes to defend. He's not even saying start the war. He's like, yo, give money to the people in the project. Well, eventually. I he, mean, eventually he is. He was going to start. Killmonger's I mean, yeah. 100% starting a war. <laughs> you don't <laughs> think Killmonger's starting a war? All right, fine. I'm going to keep defending Killmonger. You know Kill <laughs> like, you, you kind of forgot the part hey, where listen, he's about hey, listen, to launch a bunch wait, of missiles. Wait, what part was that? <laughs> oh, man, I, I didn't see that movie. I didn't see that movie. <laughs> what, what was that? That was in Black Panther? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, man. Ooh. No, we're then to skip along in this. Uh, like, you know... Uh, uh, Stallworth gets promoted, I guess, to, uh, what is it, undercover? In the, in the intelligence, yeah, yeah. Intelligence. And like, what do I do? Intelligence. <laughs> yeah, intelligence. <laughs> like, intelligence. <laughs> that was the funniest yes. thing ever. So, just so you guys know, I did read, like, the real story or whatever. He mm. apparently was, he was working at the police, uh, uh, 
station for for a while before the KKK thing started happening. Oh, okay. He was working there for about. I three. mean, my man, they made this shit seem like after was, each assignment, they were like, "You're promoted, brother." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have to. You're the face. You're the Negro face right, of the right, department. Right. You gotta get. It was like three years, you said. Yeah, it was like three years. Or it was still a short period of yeah, time, yeah. but it, it wasn't like that. The is next a day. very short period of yeah. time. It is for sure. Was the was the was the sign up in the paper though? Uh, so the uh, the article the. It, there was an ad in the paper for the Ku Klux Klan. It didn't have a phone number. It had a P.O. box so you could mail something. So he mailed a letter to them. and that, But he mailed the letter with his phone number, with the untraceable phone number for uh-huh. the police station. And he, he did get a call in return. Wow. So basically the same thing. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. And when he got the phone call, apparently word for word, they, they, they took word for word what he said when they were like... Uh, you know, oh, I hate blacks. Hey, yeah, I hate, like yeah, oh, I hate wow. these here, right? Them, them, you know, wow. all, all those racial slurs. Uh, all you gotta do is talk with a little bit of. Apparently, he said he he said that exactly. He said it exactly like that, and then the exact response back was, "You're just the kind of man we're looking for." Wow. Like, uh, how do you like how do you promote such hatred, man? You know what I'm saying? I know it sounds so silly, but it is to hate another human being is so insane to me. Well, it's like you're you're you are raised from a very young age to hate this to fear and hate this thing you know we yeah um, and and yeah thing i think is is a good word use too because it's not another human being that's the thing that you're that that you know they're not human (laughs) yeah there's something else (laughs) well think about it i mean i mean think about how and think about this is this is how crazy how hard it is to un to train ourselves like to 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 unlearn all this stuff that has been like put into mm. all of our minds all of our minds even mm. black people's minds right um think about how in the 50s 60s the, the cold war era you know communist was like this terrible word and blah 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 mm. when you were growing up when you were growing up as a kid a teenager when you heard communist did you not get a little like oh that's like not a good thing yeah to me it was like oh man these are the, that's the evil things I talk. That's the evil thing. It's, it's the Russians. It's the it's the, the, it's the Germans. It's the bad, the red, the bad red people. Yeah. It's like communists. It's like if somebody was like, this person's a communist, you'd be like, oh, you like look at them like, excuse me? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that, and why? Why did we feel that way? We had no idea who communists were. And now like you learn about communism, you're like, wait, what? Co- this is what communism yeah. is? That's not, that doesn't sound that bad to me at all. Cynthia Nixon, <laughs> Cynthia Nixon, who's running um, for office here in New York, recently said the word communism but then broke down what it meant. Right. And then people were like, oh man, she's trying to spread communism. And she's like, she's talking about equality. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. It's like, we still have like this, like, ooh, I don't know about, com-, but, and that's all because it's it was programmed so hard yeah. into our brain. Communist bad, communist bad, communist bad. Communist socialism. You know? They call Barack a socialist. Yeah, I know. But, but the thing is, America has socialist programs. We are so. Well, no, we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. Honestly, it's so funny because no, we don't. <laughs> That's what they say. No, we don't. We don't do that here, bro. That's not what we do. We are here for the working man, not woman. The right. working well, man. Well, the communist party is supposed to be a working, the workers' party. Well, but the thing about that is, is what that is saying is that even the higher ups have to share with the below. Mm-hmm. Here in America, the you little man what you get. can work what they can get, and anyone can get it. Raise the no, top. There is Cream no, rises up. Yep. There's no way that the rich can stop the poor. Only the poor can stop the poor. <laughs> <laughs> bro, bro, what they was so funny. 
<laughs> since he's watching this movie only I'm, the poor can stop the poor no, that is saying, a real thing that is a real I mean it's yeah. like because technically the theory is is that there are no roadblocks here in America right, right. there is no there is no thing where right. women are held back because right. the women is no thing where people of color are held back right. because and then there's the, there's the rare unicorns that are able to work their way up and they try to pretend like the circumstances for that person can be the same for everybody yeah. else because if those people weren't lucky because you know what my ancestor I'm a white man was Irish they came over had nothing and started from the ground up, you know, yeah. like they, they weren't from here, but That's you know true. what? They were from here. So it's one of those tricky things where I'm like, you're giving me this history lesson about how your ancestors came over, but yet you're telling me you're indigenous to America. Whereas like nobody was except for Native Americans who we don't even talk about. Like we don't right. even talk about Native Americans anymore. Right. Woo, man. What's this? What, where are we at in the movie? James? So we're at the <laughs> phone call. Uh, you That's know, it. He, he, yeah. Yeah. He calls them. He calls them up, you know, he starts talking to the dude. You're just what we're looking for. You know, you have that really funny scene that's in the trailer where he, where everybody's just like turning and like looking at him as he's like Mm -hmm. spouting all these racial epithets and they're just like, and then he hangs up and then the first thing they say was like, did you just use your real name? Yep. And he's like, (laughs) shit. I love that. Yo. I, I, I want to say Spike Lee did something in this movie that I Rookie. didn't know he was going to do. Is, and I know we never really talk about the white actors in movies, but I do want to talk about Adam Driver yeah. and what it's like being a Jewish guy. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, like, uh, when we get to the ending, Spike Lily has a transition of the chants from the movie transitioning into the chants from Charlottesville last mm-hmm. year, which is um, slurs against uh, Jews. And it's so interesting hearing this tall, uh, starking white guy who is Jewish, mm-hmm. who wears a Star of David, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Where's a Star of David? Kind of deal with the KKK because you don't know how he takes hearing these hatred things about right. him as well. Right. Well, they have a brilliant, they have a couple brilliant scenes with him. Um, there's a throwaway line where he's, you know, he's, he's going to be the white Ron Stallworth. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, that scene is great. Where they're talking, where they're trying, to, they're trying to, to learn how to talk like him. Yeah, because <laughs> Ron Starworth talks wider than yeah. they talk. Yeah, yeah. No, you got to do this. You got to do this. And then they're like practicing or whatever. And then and when he leaves, he's like, "Oh, you gotta, you gotta take off the Jew necklace." And he's like, "This isn't a Jew necklace. It's a Star David. It's a Star David." <laughs> but the thing I thought was so funny about that was like. The guy who said Jew necklace, one, didn't realize that that was super offensive. Yeah. But then also Adam Driver, like, I don't think Adam Driver was even offended. He was just, he, he, like, he was just stupid. like, what are you talking about? Like, this is just the Star of David. And like, he kind of even didn't realize yeah. like, no, dude, like only Jewish people wear yeah. that. Which? Because he yeah. never really thought of himself yeah. as Jewish. Which is one of the first things that when he gets to the KKK, the real racist one goes, I think this dude's Jewish. He's probably wearing, he literally says he's probably wearing a Star of David. Right, and they check, he, and, and he and did check. check up, and they're, they have, I mean, this is skipping ahead, but just in the context of this vein, like, they have a conversation, also shot beautifully, because they're both kind of like, they have, like, their backs towards each other a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, mm-hmm. like, they're, like, they're facing the opposite way, and then he's just like, you know, oh, because there was an earlier scene, there was an earlier scene where Ron Stallworth said, like, why are you, you know, you should be in this. Uh, you should. You have as much skin in the game of this as I do. Mm. Like they hate Jewish people too, mm. and he's like, they don't hate me or whatever. And he's like, look, just because you can pass mm-hmm. doesn't mean you know they don't hate you. And he said the same thing. He's like, because because Star Wars. I mean, because uh, uh, 
Adam Driver says something and he goes, yeah, it happens a lot with uh, light-skinned African-Americans. He's like, light-skinned blacks. They right. can pass until right. something happens where they can't. Right. And so then they have this scene later on where he's like, you know, ever since you said that, I, I, I grew up my whole life like, it's like, yeah, I'm Jewish, but like, we didn't do Jewish things. Like, nobody around me was Jewish. You know, I wasn't going to a bunch of bar mitzvahs. Like, you know, I wasn't wearing yarmulke. Like, I didn't think of myself I didn't never even really, have, he didn't even have a bar mitzvah. I didn't have, like, I was yeah. like, I didn't have a bar mitzvah, like, bat mitzvah, like, I didn't think of myself as Jewish, but now it's all I can think, think about. about. And he's like, is that, if that's passing, I guess I'm passing, right? It was just yeah. such a, like, I guess I'm passing. Which I love. Yo, it. the audience, when it. he said, I'm now always thinking about that, the <laughs> audience was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, because it's <laughs> like, real. Like, if you never had to, anybody was like, no, but that's the thing, though. And I think some, someone someone told me this uh, when they were talking about like what's happening when um, the deportations were happening in America. Mm-hmm. The reason a lot of the sanctuary cities, I hate that I'm even saying sanctuary cities, but like cities like New York, D.C., California, like those those areas were feeling. Yeah, where most people live. That's where a lot of people live. So people saw it and they were like, it's so hard because one of my friends was like, her family is from the Midwest. And it wasn't a big thing to them because they didn't see anyone get deported. And when people realized that, oh, um, my neighbor who was a military veteran, but wife or husband may be someone who came on a green card is now being kicked out. Like, oh, now it's hitting home because you realize, oh, these are just people. Uh, and yeah, man, that shit is so deep. I, and I lo- and there's the, the reason I loved it so much was because he took the time to take somebody who thought they weren't a part of this thing and show them how they were right but then also talked about passing in a way that wasn't like screw you it was just like he kind of had this realism like at first he didn't want to believe what ron starworth was saying you know and it's the same way when people talk about race i think in america you have a lot of we call them good meaning Mm -hmm. white folk right like you have a lot of people who they were taught racism is bad and that's so they believe that in their heart. But the way that they were taught racism is bad is that it's bad to judge somebody based on the color of their skin. It's bad to hate somebody just because they're black. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of keep that in and you're like, yeah, it's bad to do that. And I don't do that. So like race isn't a problem for me. Why do you always talk about race though? I'm not the one who brings up race. You're always the one bringing up race. You're always talking about black, this black, that. Why is there a podcast called black men can't jump? But why are you guys focusing on this stuff? Isn't it better just not focus on it? And like, that's kind of Adam Driver's, you know, you have that kind of perspective there, right? Like, I just was never thinking about this. And then you realize he, it wasn't because he wa- had this chip on his shoulder, wanted everybody to know, you know what I mean? Like, here's all the anti-Semitic things that are happening. It was put in his face. Now, it wasn't mm-hmm. put in his face before because he was passing. He didn't do it. He didn't hear but, it. Now it's put in his face because he's a part of the people who are who really care and are really vigilant and looking at you and looking at your nose and being like, no, I think you're freaking Jewish. Are you Jewish? Are you Jewish? Are you Jewish? Yeah. And so now, and like he has to hear all these horrible things said about Jewish people over and over again. And he knows, well, I am Jewish. And My if they were found Jewish. out, if they found out about that, they would hate me mm-hmm. just because of that. Even though they like me now because they think I'm not. How much more so for somebody who's black who can't pretend they're not black? Yeah, they can't pretend that you know. They're not and he black. also he he. What was there's so many layers to this scene too. 
also because he was also sort of saying like this started with him saying like I'm not trying to get killed. Like I don't want to die. Because <laughs> right. the dude pulls a gun on him. Yeah. And then and but then to also talk about the fact that his family didn't do a lot of Jewish things, you know, and he didn't even have a bar mitzvah. There's also like it also sort of evokes like a history of passing like like you know, who even knows why his parents weren't doing those things? Like could it have was it because of hate? Was it because they don't they don't believe? Was it because like or you know, don't believe as much, you know, like what are even are the reasons behind <laughs> why yeah. he it has now grown up to be someone who wears a star of David, but like whatever, I don't really quite believe you know, like all yeah. of that, there's so many layers to unfold and unpack that like it's like oh we don't even have the time to get into that but it evokes that it's really yeah. powerful there's one scene we skipped um after the rally uh ron stallworth meets oh, with the cop oh no, uh, no, no, no. he has he meets with what is what is the character's name in the movie um uh patrice um the head of student union for drinks and she's like sorry i'm late and she talks about why she's late she has to run in with a racist cop. Um, right, and we see that scene. Yep, as we take uh, a Kwame home, and it's one of the police officers who we realize is the antagonist of Aron Stallworth, um, and he does something that often happens. Uh, I think the last time you probably saw it on film was probably in the movie uh, uh, Crash. Crash, right? Well, a white cop, white racist cop, uh, will, because he is a police officer, and the black man that he is, you know, either resting or reprimanding, can't do anything. He will literally assault the woman in front of this man. Right. Because he can't do anything. Sexually assault. Yeah, he can't do anything. He can't do anything. Literally. If that guy literally does anything back, he is now, quote unquote, could be resisting, right? And this is the thing that people still say happens to this day. Uh, And it's so interesting to me because her reaction to it is she was like, um, she was mad, but she's like, but I can't say anything. I can't press charges. I can't do anything about it, right? Even they honestly were more vocal than was even comfortable for yeah. me as an audience member. I was terrified. I was like, You're there, somebody's about to die. I was terrified that they say anything back. Yeah. And I think that's so interesting that you live 100%. in a world where you can't say anything back. Do you right, because that? they have all the power. Because we, they have all the power. If me and you were walking, John. To, we're, we're in Williamsburg where we record, which is a predominantly white area now. Uh, if we were walking and got stopped, we would have to say yes, sir, no, sir to an officer. We, would, we wouldn't be able to say, we could probably say calmly, why are you stopping us? But we couldn't say it more than once because now we're causing a problem. You can, but the thing is, you know that if this cop decides I'm going to beat this dude up and put him in jail, there, is ze- there are going to be zero repercussions for that cop. People are going to question, what did they do? Where were they going? Immediately they they will question. No matter how sparkly clean your record is, they are going to initially assume that you did something messed up and then they're going to apologize for whatever the cop did profusely no matter what. The worst thing that will ever happen to that cop is that they'll have a week leave, paid Paid leave. leave. Maybe a paid leave. And that's it. And the thing maybe they'll transfer to another precinct. They'll remain a police officer. Nothing will happen to them. They'll never get arrested. They'll never go to jail. They'll never job. get their badge stripped away. All of that stuff. 
it's just interesting because I want people to realize like this stuff happens. Like I think about that oftentimes. Like if something ever happened to one of us, it's like, oh man, this podcast come up. Man, those dudes are radicals. They hate it. Like <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like right, those dudes right. are radicals. Yeah, you don't know what they're out here. They're out here spreading stuff. And I'm like, well, no, man. The, the fact that you can't say anything is radical. The fact the fact that you don't accept oppression and hatred is aggressive. You know, like that's considered these things. The right. fact that you always be considered an angry black man. The fact that you maybe no loss. Right. Like, you know, someone pulls you over. Technically, as, a, as any American, you don't have to roll your window all the way down. Legally, you do not have to. No. But if you're a black person and you don't, now you're resisting arrest and being difficult. You know? And I'm looking at this woman who is educated with another African-American man who is educated. And this white dude tells her, get this in ER out of town by morning. And she has to. Got right. to. I right. mean, this is where we live in. Woo, yeah. Are we and only in have, the first 20 they minutes? They do have that night. They do have that scene where they're dancing. I love that scene. Like James said, that scene is so beautiful, bro. Them just dancing, having a good time. Him trying to take this black. First off, I will say this. We often read, we watch these movies and I always say like, yo, man, they don't give the black woman urgency. This woman not only had urgency, she had power without being harsh. Like she, she was still funny. She still was playful. She knew movies. She talked. They had a discussion about motherfucking Pam Greer. They had a discussion of who's better. <laughs> I like, love how Spike oh. was just showing the movie posters when they were talking about the just, movies. He's just like, it. no, I need people to know what these were. Exactly. We're going to show Superfly. you Shaft versus Superfly. We're going to have you have the discussion that even though this pimp used Coffee. to save the day, he was a pimp. Right. You know what I mean? I love that, dude. I love the discussion of, oh, whether or not you're a black person, is it okay to be, like, just because I don't wear all black and out here saying, like, screw the police, I still can do my part on my own. You mm-hmm. know, like, ah. Uh, Message bombs, y'all. But she was more radical than that. She was like, no. <laughs> the end of the movie, the end of the movie is her breaking up with him. Yeah. She's like, I can't do this. Like, she literally no, is breaking up with him at the end the of the enemy. movie. I can't. I, this you is, can't. You can't. You can't. She believes that you can't change from the inside. She's like, the system is too corrupt. That's how people don't vote. That's how people, I, I literally have had discussions like, uh, uh, what is it? As much as he talks oh, about crazy. this, Colin Kaepernick does not vote and does not believe in voting. That's. He doesn't. I know. I disagree. Because he doesn't, so and I do too, but he doesn't believe that this system can work because the people who are in office don't represent us. And I'm thinking is if we can get more people who do represent us to run for office and vote them in, now we have people who represent our best interests. Here's what I will say. We're not a political podcast, but... No, we're not political here. here <laughs> all right. Can we... Can, wait, hold on. We have to stop saying... <laughs> We really have to stop saying we're not a political <laughs> podcast. <laughs> the fact that John said that, we need that most... on a t-shirt. We need that on a t-shirt. Yo, we're not a political podcast, yo, but... James, <laughs> you had to see John's casualness in his face. And I was like, I couldn't tell if you said the I was about like, to say the most political thing. <laughs> oh, please go ahead. I was going to say, I'm, I'm, so against, I'm so against people crapping on people for voting third party because the reality, I do think that a, a lot of these Democrats are just like they're just as in the pockets of major corporations that are doing they're just giving lip service to black people but then they go in and they vote for the same crap they their their names are written on the same laws that are oppressing people and we know that we and the thing that's my that hey hey just just before i go just to follow follow what john is saying uh we here at black man can't jump are not a political podcast we are here (laughs) to talk about movies (laughs) i'm just saying saying, let's be real let's be real They use the word, what's it? Yes, they said America first. They said make America great again. They yeah. talked about Trump. Yeah. You know, they they dropped all of these little things from now. What What's the another, another one that they said though? Oh. Super predator. Yep, they okay. did say super predator. And who said super predator? 
They did say super predator. Who said super predator? Wait, wait. Well, let's not do this. What? I'm just saying, let's be real about it. So, hey, hey, but, 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 hey, I mean, gonna, there's a better choice, but I'm saying, but let's be real we're, about we're it. We're going to talk about this movie because we are a movie that podcast. Said, that said, comm- you got to vote, though. You got to vote. This ain't a political well, wait, because, but before but you we go talk back to talking oh, about shit. the movie. Go. Oh, God. Go. Before we go back to talking oh, about no. the movie, oh, okay? Okay. Yeah, James. Yeah, James. Why? Because the thing that we introduced was like, yo, can, can we, can we, Fix it from the inside? No, we got to do it from the outside. But we need a complete overhaul. Maybe we do need to kill Margaret this shit. Okay. Oh, Maybe J- we need to James, burn everything hey, down. Hey, James. Yo. Hey, hey, hey. Maybe we James, need to burn hey, everything hey, James, down. immediately you just got us on an FBI watch hey, list, Hey, James, man. chill, man. Hey, chill, man. I said, I said my full government Build name at the beginning of this podcast, bro. Up. What? Hey, man, I said my full government name at the beginning of this podcast. Oh, uh, man. I we would are, just like we to, on the watch list. I would just like to say, Gerard Milligan would like to say that Black Men Can't Jump podcast is a movie review podcast <laughs> that is... In iTunes under the movie and film and also comedy <laughs> section. We are not in the political section of iTunes or Spotify. <laughs> hey, yo. Hey, low but key. Really, but really, but really, though, to really talk about that, though, it's such an interesting point to bring up, right? Like, he, they're both fighting. It, this is very Black Panther, right? Like, this is this it sort is, of is, is like, it, no, it this is. is like that scene when Okoye is walking and they're talking and she's like, you know, you don't believe what I believe. And he's like, no, I think that we should you know just sort of stick to to this shit right like it's very similar it like feels very much like that scene of like him being like there's you really don't think there's a way to fight from the inside also love me i'm a cop uh please and and she's like no you can't do that but it's like we sh- i don't think we should have those sort of hard and fast like there's only one way to do it i think like both it's like both fights are necessary and helpful, right? Like, yeah, I think like, it is. You, you need, need X and, yeah. and King. Yeah, you, you need X. You need King, and then also you need your allies. I mean, you do. Like at the end of the yeah. day, as like we talked about it, like as a man, men are men will listen to men sometimes more easily than listen to women who's talking about women's rights. A white person will listen to another white person when it comes to talking about rights of, of people of color. It's just how the way it work, the world works. I do want to kind of not speed through this, but I do want to like kind of jump around because I know. Uh, we're not a political podcast, but we've gotten mad political on this thing. Wait, uh, so we got, well, well we, we've been hitting stuff. We've been hitting stuff. Yeah. So so one of the other things that, ha- I mean, he he's getting in there. Adam Driver's meeting up. And so we have a scene where Adam Driver goes to uh, <clears throat> like this clan meeting, I guess. Uh, and he meets, oh, I don't remember these guys' names. Uh, but he meets like, Kind of like the bumbling crew of, okay, you have, uh, who are these guys? Oh, sorry. I'm looking on uh, IMDb. Wow. I can't find any of them. Do you remember their names? Felix. Felix was one. Ivanhoe. Wait, who are you talking about? Which, which people? And and oh Walter. the 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 white guys the yeah. the the Klansmen yeah Felix was one of them oh who was the other one uh, Ivanhoe is another name played by Paul Walter right Hauser. that was the dumb guy right yeah the, the the big dumb guy who is in another movie he plays a very similar character oh I Tanya did you ever see that movie oh I still haven't seen that oh yeah he's really funny in I Tanya he's like kind of a similar character just like at this kind of big dumb guy. Uh, yeah, Walter, uh, Walter Felix, Walter Felix and Ivanhoe. Yeah. And the first 
kind of meeting is they, they, they're outside of a diner and he jumps in the car. He jumps in. Well, he's like, he has to get in this other dude's car and they're following him and Stallworth almost gets caught. Uh, but then they go to this, they go to the house and you know, they're kind of showing him around. And is this where, no, that's, this isn't where the, uh, he's just kind of like questioning him a bunch. Uh, asking him if he's a Jew and all this stuff, and he kind of gets it. But the guy, guy's like, "No, you're you're great, Walter. Who's who's the leader?" It's just like, "Yeah, man, we need more people like you." Thinking like, you know, got new ideas and stuff like that. Um, and so he's smart. Who's smart and articulate? <laughs> and uh, apparently, in the real story, only once in this entire investigation did anybody ever come close to questioning stalwarts the difference in their voices and it was on the phone and it was like a similar thing that actually happened in the movie where he was like oh your voice sounds different and he goes oh yeah i have a <clears throat> you know allergies uh that it that when that happened then it was the actual only real time so this whole like you know lie detector test and all this stuff and the dude like going to his house and what none of that stuff was real what was so interesting about that though i, I love those actual accents to it but um so one of my friends went to the screening and I was talking about that scene about how it was, we'd get to it, but like later on, I'm like, he didn't even think to change his voice when he actually met David Duke. And she goes, well, the thing I think they were trying to say is, is that it is so unheard of for a black person to speak articulately. I mean, to speak with, um, um, to speak, art, how do you say it? I can't even yeah, say it. Uh, yeah, articulately, exactly right? right? It's like, it was unheard of. So like they would never even think to question, oh, I've heard this voice, but there's no way a black dude can come from it because they're just not smart enough to do this thing. And I'm like, damn. Yeah. The fact that you don't think we're smart enough to just speak correctly, or for, I, or, 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 or in your version of English, as yeah. some people would say. Sorry, go ahead, James. My fault. Well, just the 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 David Duke thing of like I know how black people speak. I would hear. I would you know Aura. I would hear it right away. Aura. Like that was that's amazing. I even something that something that I I I looked up for work is that um for when 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 uh planes used to be segregated. But the way that they would segregate the planes was like they would listen to the voice of people that were calling to make to to um, to make to, to make the ticket order. And if they sounded black, they would give them the, the segregated ticket or like the worst ticket. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> like if they if they sounded black on the phone. Wow. No, it's not crazy. It's not crazy. The John, worst. T- I mean, it's not crazy, no, no, but that's so crazy. No, it is. <laughs> like, but the thing is, it still happens today. Like I, like John has heard me answer phones before, and the thing is, I refuse. Because this is the best way I can put it. Anytime I have to call Verizon or any place to get something fixed, as a person who used to work in those call centers, I know that the moment my voice, like even on this podcast, my voice is different. The moment I talk, like, yeah, man. So, uh, and that's just how my voice naturally sounds. But if you answer the phone, it's a little bit higher. People are more willing to accept you. Like if something happens where like say someone broke in here, I would never call and talk like this. I'm never talking like that. I don't even talk like this on this podcast because I'm nervous it's going to make people feel uncomfortable. When I have meetings, like if I have meetings, I'm not going to talk in a deeper voice because it sounds too black. If I say, nah, man, I ain't fucking doing that. That sounds aggressive. I go, hey, man, nah, I'm not going to do that. It sounds safer. Like we can't, like we have, and they talk about this in this movie. We have to speak in two languages mm-hmm. because you, because innately they aren't comfortable. Right. Tattoos on black people English. is more threatening than tattoos on white people. I, I speak the King's English and drive. Yeah. Think about auditioning, bro. 
No, seriously, think about auditioning. Each and every one of us, me, you, and James, have played hood dudes. I don't want to think about no, this. No, John is the drug dealer in every white program. <laughs> <laughs> like, he is the white version of a drug But the thing is, like, you're so far removed from that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so far removed. James, James third, who literally has, who literally talks sometimes. Prison inmate. Was a prison inmate. A prison yeah. inmate. It was my greatest acting role. Like, my biggest part is playing a, literally a dude. Like, do you get what's happening? And the thing about those auditions is, is your voice has to sound different on those auditions. Like, every time you see an audition, if I, like, if I realize this for a hood role, it's like, yeah, man, I got to talk like this, bro. I got to say shit. Like, I got to add little things in there, Nick. You know what I'm saying? That's how I got to do shit. You know what I'm saying? It's silly, but that's what the fuck it is, bro. So true. And I'm like... And, even James talking about like it's insane that he had to talk like that. We do it now and we subconsciously do it because that's what we have to do to exist. Yeah. Wow. They, uh, <clears throat> so yeah, you have all these things there. They they have, there's the 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 Yeah, I fucked up my white voice. Shit. The, I don't know the, what to do now. <laughs> <laughs> the lie detector test where he's like questioning him and then Stallworth like throws a rock through the window. You have the uh oh man, like the scenes with that guy Felix and his wife so uncomfortable. Oh, oh my god. Scene. Oh. Dude. I hated this scene oh. so much. I hated this scene so much, but it was also perfect. Like Fucking perfect. Like this was the moment. This was the moment I was cuz I was trying to um after the right after this right after seeing this movie for the people that don't know this uh who are not on our personal uh, group chats. Jara said, oh, I might have some trouble talking about this movie. So while I was watching the movie, I was like trying to figure out, oh, what could possibly be the thing that would have bothered Jara about this? And now we've already heard a lot of the stuff. Um, but I was like, oh, it might be, and I thought it might be this. It might be, and I've already talked about this, but it might be the fact that they are showing certain things in a comedic light that just are not funny. So like this scene in particular to me was like not funny, it was a comedic it was comedically portrayed right but it but it made you so sick like like this is there it's just like i think it starts with him uh uh j- jokingly doing the i have a dream speech but he's like also kind of doing a Heil Hitler and then like also right like yeah. it's like a, yeah, a weird like and and, and there are just like sort of laughing uh, about this and they're like so in love and like it's disgusting and, and, the wife, and sick the Go wife ahead. says the wife says something to the effect of like like so like are we really gonna kill them and he's like yeah that's what we've been working for she's like i know i just this I, it was just like always a dream and you've been planning it for so long you've been planning it for so long just it felt like felt like a dream and now it it's weird. It's like real. And he was like, yeah, it's a beautiful dream. And mind yeah. you, mind you, what's so interesting about this woman in particular is that um, early on when they're having a rally at her house, he is utterly disrespectful to this woman. Yeah. Kicks her out. And she's so much so, she's the one who tells them about the Black Student Union in the first place and Patrice in the first place, right? So that's how they learn about her. She's, they so are disgusted by her because she's talking too much. He tells her to go into the kitchen and she turns around and is like, you will need me one day, right? Now, mind you, this is the same woman who bent over backwards for this dude who just doesn't even treat her with respect. Literally, this evil man doesn't treat you as a woman with respect. I think about that so many fucking times when I think about how many white women voted for Donald Trump and how many white women in particular voted for a goddamn pedophile. 
these people, literally, the pedophile was only going after young white women. That's it. Literally, going after you, your daughters, you, but yet you still liked him because he was white. Like, that's what we're limited. That's, that's what literally the embodiment of that conversation was. And James is right. I didn't like, I get that it was jokey. I get that it was kind of playful because I get that he was saying things that were evil and you had to get people to listen to it and not be turned off by it. But I'm like, my God, this is an example of what happens it's this today. Weird, it's this weird thing within intersectionality where you have people who are oppressed within a system, right? The patriarchal, white patriarchal system. So you have white women who are oppressed within that, but... They're, they're given more power than black people. So some, some, and some are just like, they're, you know, these people are just like in it. Like they're, I don't know, brainwashed or whatever, but they're in it, but they're, they're, they are consciously as well. They're doing that thing where they know, they know they are inferior to people above them but they're allowed to be superior to these people below them. And they're like, so how much more so they hate the people? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's like, I'll just say, and, and, and the other, oh, wait, what was I going to say that? Um, I, I mean, it's the house, you know, it's the house nigger thing. Which, which they bring up in this movie which too. They bring up too. They bring in this movie too. So it, it's the same kind of thing of like, well, I have more power than the, and it's rich. It's also poor white people in America. Like that's the, all of this is happening. Like poor white people in America are being crapped on by this capitalist system. You know what I mean? Like all these people are voting for, they're not voting for their interests. These tax cuts that were given to the rich, they're giving so many tax cuts to the rich. They're giving, some of these people maybe a thousand dollars off, but then they're going to take away all these programs that these people also benefit on. I mean, like, mo- actually, w- <laughs> it's a common misconception, but the most of the recipients for welfare are white people, not black. It's not yeah. black people. You yeah. know what I mean? So, but all of these poor white people, they always they vote against their own self interest. Why? Just so they can have a societal status higher than the Mexicans and the blacks and the Jews and the gays you know what i mean yeah. so i mean it's an interesting thing and like hearing that conversation was so unsettling because that is how hate is spread man it's like it is has kept going kept alive it is the it's fire like, keeps burning you don't get no child is born hating another kid that's just not a thing like no one knows like you're a clean slate at that point you don't come out the room being like hey man i don't like dudes with curly hair I don't like dudes with no Yo, hair. Why did you say curly hair? I looked, I looked, at, I looked up at you. And yeah, I just, but why I gotta be? I don't know. I just looked up at you. Yeah, I don't like tall dudes. I, don't, I, don't, I like tall dudes. I literally, Wait, I why like, tall dudes though? I literally had no example and I just looked up and saw John. I was like, let me just but use But there is something to, you know, like no one is born, no one is born hating a specific person, but, no. our, but, we, but we would find someone that looked different than what we're used to seeing uh, uncomfortable, right? Like there would be a moment of, like, like if I grew up around, if if I was white and only grew up around white people, the first time I saw a black person, that would be weird to me, right? So, I mean, and you, then, and, you could be curious. Rever- You'd be curious, but you could be taught, like your parents could say, oh yeah, this is a black person. They're just like you. They're just, right. their skin's just different. Right. That's it. It's a, it's a simple thing. It's like, I, I, I've seen, I, I worked in a daycare and I've seen how this one woman cheated young kids. So like boys would be like, you know, when boys pick on girls, he'd be like, no, no, no. She's just like you. Her name is just blah, blah, blah. You know, and right. it's just- you could turn the curiosity into 
uh, appreciation. Yeah. Or you know what I mean? Like it, it could be a positive thing, or, or you could acceptance, turn into, or yeah, or you could turn it into fear or hate and hate. You know, because you could be it's and it's like anything that we see something that's new for the first time. Like, oh, what is that? Or, you know, you oh, could yeah. be maybe a little apprehensive, but but then if somebody tells you like, no, this thing is bad. This thing that you don't know is terrible. It's going to kill you. It's, it, it's wrong, blah, blah, blah. Then that's going to turn into hate. It changes the whole vibe. And I'm like, yeah, man, I, again, that conversation was so important, but also there's so many other small things that happen in this movie that I think is just, okay. So we got to talk about the, the juxtaposition of the Harry Belafonte story. Wait, man, come on, man. I can't like, this is the part just, yeah, I know this is the part. I don't know how to talk about. Like, I don't, I don't right. know how to deal with this story. Cause I read about this story when I was younger and also, for people to know, Harry Belafonte is one of the greatest activists of our time. He's still alive. He's still kicking. He's still out here talking. Okay, go ahead, John. I don't... Okay. So, okay. Um, we have a, a two scenes happening simultaneously. You have the meeting of the Black Student Union, um, and they're just meeting in a house with this elderly man who is speaking about a real story that happened. The story of, let me give people the name just so you can look it up. Um, I think you, if you have the stomach for it, I think you definitely should look it up. It's, a, it's, it's literally based on the lynching of 1916 of um, Jesse Washington, who I believe was 17 or 18 at the time. As this story is being told, you have the induction ceremony of the... Ku Klux Klan, the new members of this Ku Klux Klan chapter, where David Duke, the head, the then head of the Ku Klux Klan, is talking about why they're joining, how they need to preserve the white race and white power, right? They're being baptized. They're being baptized. Yeah, they're being water baptized. This weird mixture of Christianity in, in there, uh, even though they're completely against the ideals of and teachings of Christ, which is crazy. Uh, but they are being told that they are the, you know, the chosen people. It's a, it's a replacement theology too, actually, where they, white Christian Americans replace themselves with the Jewish people. So they, they read everything in the Bible that they're talking about the Jews. And they're like, actually, that means us, not them. them. Um, and they are showing these two things happening at the same time because both, both groups are, leaning in and listening, right? Both groups are being taught something, they're being told something. They're being they're being told a narrative. This nar- the narrative over here at the Black Union is about is a narrative of a man who is mentally challenged who was uh, accused of raping a, a white woman. Yeah, he was accused of and I think and I'm reading this I think Harry Belafonte's character is supposed to be someone who witnessed it. So the WB the yes, W.E.B. Yes. Du Bois article is based on a woman who happened to be there, um, a white woman named Elizabeth Freeman, um, who saw everything go down with her own eyes. And he said, it basically Harry Belafonte is like, I was there with him, but I hid when all this went down. So he saw it. This man, um, Jesse Williams, was accused of killing a woman with a hammer. Um, and then later on, they also um, said that he um, sexually assaulted her as well. Uh, and let me give people a history lesson on this. Sorry to cut you off. It's just like, I just think people need no, to know how this happened in 1916. All right. And this was a thing. And the reason he's talking about this is because he's trying to show that this is a part of Americana, a part of the good old America. This man 
was told to waive his legal rights, which he did. He confessed to things that he didn't even know what was happening. He wasn't even, after he was sentenced, he never even made it back to the jail cell because the mob took him out. Right. They dragged him. The chain broke on his neck because he was a big black man. He was castrated. They cut off his, they cut off his, his man parts yeah. in front of children in the street, okay, in the street, while also stabbing him and continued to drag him down the street. Mind you, people need to understand that the whole town was out for this. If you don't believe that the whole town was there, Spike Lee showed you the photos. Also, the photos are online. The entire town is there for this. They tried to hang him. He tried to fight back. They continued to stab this man. He tried to hold on to the rope because he still didn't understand what was happening. They cut off his finger so he could not do this. Again, kids are cheering for this. Some of the same kids who were here still are alive today. They may be your great-grandparents. They may be great-grandparents of people you met. These people still exist. And these people did this to a man. So much so that this is one of the lynchings that are in the museum that is now in, where is the museum at? Uh, the National Museum of Peace and Justice that's in um, Montgomery, Alabama. The quote-unquote people call it the lynching museum, which has a lot of the, the names of people who are lynched technically on American soil with the police present. This lynching of Jesse Washington happened with police present. Right. They allowed it to happen. This is the thing that people, this, this was a pastime. The whole point of him telling the story, this is the part of Americana. This is the thing that people loved. This is the thing that people thought was a good Saturday afternoon. Kids, dude, do you understand? Could you imagine a child cheering shit like this on to a human? A human, dude. Right. And these people aren't dead yet. Right. Those motherfuckers aren't dead yet. That's the shit that makes me want to cry because I'm like, you don't understand that every time people come to me and say, like, I don't want to talk to my grandparents because my grandparents racist, my great granddad. No, man, fuck that. Call that motherfucker a piece of shit because he is. The motherfucker, like, literally the photos of these kids, these people are still here. People have found some of these motherfuckers who aren't dead. They're not dead. Right. God, man. And it's like, how could you hate somebody to do some shit like that? And the thing that I thought Spike Lee so expertly crafted was he explained, he, he goes through this whole story. And then at the end, he says, and this is why we have to organize. This is why we must stick together. This is why we promote black power. And they start chanting black power. Whereas in the other scene, what's being told? This bogus, false, f fact, fake news <laughs> narrative, right? Of white people being oppressed in their own country. Why? Where is the oppression coming from? The oppression is coming from these black people standing up for themselves and for justice. Still in their jobs. They're still in their jobs, still in everything. So they're standing up for justice and equality in a country that shipped their ancestors over here, brought, forced them over here. They're trying to just live in this country. These people see that living as oppression to them and they start chanting white power. So to compare these two things, is it's beyond false equivalency. It's, it's, trying to, it's trying to say that something wrong is the same as something that is right. And it's, it's I mean, it's... <laughs> while this movie, while, while, while Harry Belafonte is giving, while he's telling the story, he's telling a factual story, right? Like John said, he's telling right. a factual story, something happened to somebody. When you, when you see what's happening with the KKK, they're watching a movie, they're watching Birth of a Nation, right. all right? Birth of a Nation came out in what, 1910. Birth of a Nation is also a movie 
that in the 90s, or what was it, 92, the United States Library of Congress deemed um, the film uh, culturally, historically um, significant. So much so that it's now, even to this day, is in the National Film Registry, right? This is a movie that technically, by most people believe, oh, no, he says it, David Duke even says it, like created the rise of the KKK. Because at first they were dying out. Oh, yes. It, they started dying out. People weren't about it. But then this movie sparked to show that, oh, the fear of the black man coming after your women. Do yes. it, like, literally, the movie sparked so much registration for the KKK that now not only did the president at the time love the movie, called it a national treasure. You know what I mean? And, I, and, I, and I, Yeah, I think it was because like in the movie, there's like a passing of some law. This, this, this many some, people like, believe. civil rights law. Many people believe that this is one of the stars of Jim Crow. Oh, for sure. Like people believe like this is one of the stars and you got to understand. No, but like, it is. Yeah. yeah. But this movie talks about this white people in blackface. What's your Wilson's, the president at the time saw it in the, in the white house. In the white house, bro. And deemed it was great. And people are asking me like, and the thing that's so hard is like, you listen to this black man who in real life is Harry Belafonte, man. A black dude who's like one of the, like who could be considered one of the first black movie stars to be accepted. He was a musician, famous actor, famous. He's telling this story about somebody who actually existed, and then this, the, the, the KKK are watching this movie that is fictional about a black man who might have assaulted a white woman, right? So much so that she jumps off a cliff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, this is the type of movie that they're watching that has been spread. And also, the thing so about this movie, this movie is by often people are considered one of the first blockbusters. The only movie that made, the movie that came after this that was a hit was, can you guess what movie came out after this that people seem to love? Oh, man, did it open this movie? Yes, it did. It opened this freaking movie here, okay? Gone with the Wind. This movie came out, was a huge hit. People consider it, like, number one movie. After this, Gone with the Wind. Gone you, with the Wind. What do you... Like, gone, first, if you consider this movie being, like, mm-hmm. they still don't know exactly how much you made, but this movie, for instance, in today's uh, standards, made, like, 50 million. Gone with the Wind came out, made more than that. You yeah. know, it was like, oh, this movie was upset by Gone with the Wind. And oh, Gone yeah. with the Wind God, also perpetuates certain stereotypes about American culture that yeah, only befits like, a certain type of people. Yeah. I mean, this story is horrible, yo. I don't want to, y'all talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. The story is fucking horrible. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like this, and this is just one of them. This is just one of them. This ain't even talking about... Whatever. Man. Uh, um, cool. Do you have anything to say about it, James? Nothing, nothing to add about this scene. It was a beautiful, beautiful um, scene. And, you know, uh, I just, it, it makes the movie for me. Yeah. And so then we have, you know, he's there. He's the, he winds up being the bodyguard to David Duke. Um, he asks to take a picture with him. This is a real thing that happened, apparently. He really did, like, ask to take a Polaroid uh really like put his hands on them when the picture was snapped uh kept that photo um you know did threaten that threatened to arrest them if they did anything um and then there's like this this bomb plot that's happening this was made for for the movie uh but essentially that woman tries to you know has this homemade bomb she's gonna plant it at the house doesn't do it uh you know, puts it underneath the car, but then uh, Ron Stallworth gets there in time, kind of tackles her, but police come, they almost shoot him, they tackle him down, they start arresting him, but then Adam Driver gets there, kind of stops that, 
the other dudes come and they wind up blowing themselves up. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you, is anything you guys want to say about any of that stuff? Well, wait. So that was that was uh, false. Created for the movie. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you know what really happened? <laughs> Ed, like how? Did I- if anything. Oh, how it ended. I'm looking at the, the fact way the, w- the reason that it ended. I mean, the thing is that there was no, there was no like conspiracy to blow anything up. Um, so they were basically just preventing like cross burnings from happening and just getting information about who the people were like, Oh, there was that scene where they found out like the two like government agents with like top clearances were like a part of the KKK that really did happen. That happened and they, but what's so, what's so funny is like in real life, they like, they, they got their top clearance, like security clearance removed, but they just got moved somewhere else. Like they weren't fired. Uh, they weren't what they weren't fired they were they were like demoted but they weren't fired <laughs> you know so i say this a lot and i could be completely wrong because i'm not a filmmaker i don't make movies but um you know i'm just i'm even i'm personally far more interested in that than uh some false bomb plot being well i'm looking uh, it up i'm looking it up you know right what now. I mean? yeah they have like a fact versus fiction thing right now so they're saying like john said so the attack on the Black Student Union wasn't real, but the Klan was planning to firebomb gay bars in Colorado Spring. I mean, Colorado Springs. Um, so, like, some they still were planning something. And just so people know, because I was very curious about it, the person that Corey Holcomb was supposed to be playing was Stokely Carmichael, which makes so much sense because right. Stokely Carmichael definitely was like him and Martin Luther King did not see eye right. <laughs> at all, at all. Which is so funny. People hate Mark. I mean, I hate. People come at Malcolm X so hard, but I'm like, Stokely Carmichael was a motherfucker who was like, yo, right. show up in front of my face. Like, so interesting. Right. Uh, oh, I do say this in the sequence, the thing that hurt, and I know it was made up, but when um, uh, Ron is trying to get to the house and he's trying to arrest, like, first off, he has handcuffs out. Yeah. He has, he has handcuffs. So he's trying to arrest the, um, the white woman and the cops come, put a gun on him, and she's like, this black man... I never forget the words. This black man tried to rape me. Right. This, the, again, we just talked about Jesse. What did they say about Jesse? He tried to assault a white woman. Yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying? It all, really all is the do, worst freaking thing. She it, pointed at him and said, this black dude tried to arrest me. And you know that? He's like, no. Not only does he say, I'm a cop. I have my badge in my front pocket. And he's telling him to go get it. They immediately start hitting him. And she's screaming from the top of her lungs. How many times in history have we heard stories about white women saying a black man tried to rape them and something bad happens to the black man? Right. It's really the worst thing. It's, it's, it's horrible for the obvious reason of uh, the racism and, 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 you know, the violence that happens towards the black men who get accused. And then it's also absolutely horrible for the other reason that so many women are raped and not believed and like to be participating in one of the rare instances where somebody is falsely accusing a rape. It's just like, it just, feel, it's just like doubly terrible. It's you know? terrible, man. Like uh, the woman who, li- whatever. Yeah. It's like, ah, I keep, I, literally the woman who lied. Oh, whatever, let's keep going. I so then we, uh, and then, yeah, I mean the, the, re- and what happens, the, re- the real story is similar to this, which is just the, 
they kind of oh uh, yeah they kind of uh, they ask Ron Stallworth to be the leader of the chapter the other guy resigned and he was like we think we should be the leader when that happened the police were like all right we got to stop this <laughs> they just didn't want it getting out that they were doing this so uh they shut it down they asked them to destroy all the files he kept the card that he mm-hmm. got like oh, the real, he? he really got that card like the clan like he's an official member of the Ku Klux Klan um and he did call David Duke and they were like that was a real thing apparently that they were always like laughing at these people and he said the other thing that was the only other major difference between the real life and the movie was like he was like in real life these people were really dumb like all of them were super super stupid and none of them like were just like they just you didn't have a guy like felix who was like almost figuring stuff out you know what i mean he was just like there was nobody with that level of intelligence I mean, the thing is like this dude do you think about it? ron stallworth is still here man david duke is still walking around yeah. Still and he never speeches. told his story. He didn't tell his story until somewhat recently. Yeah, because he was like, because he's worried, he's worried that he's going to look stupid in the movie. Like, they have, and like, apparently, um, Ron Star Wars said David Duke called him, like, this year and was like, he respects Spike Lee. He's worried that he's going to come off looking like an idiot in the movie. That David Duke is going to That David Duke is going to come off looking like an idiot in the movie. Um, the one thing I say to that is one of the interesting, <laughs> right? That's his worry. That's his worry. Uh, one thing I find interesting is that the movie ends. With with Patrice and Ron, and they're dating, and she's legit breaking up with him. They get a knock on the door, and of course we get the classic Spike Lee shot, which I was like, "Oh, we didn't get it in this movie," but we get both of them. First off, the part I love is that he brings out his gun and she pulls out hers. He said, "I, I said I got it." <laughs> she pulls out her gun. God damn, oh, I love black women. Uh, they do the Spike Lee shot towards <laughs> the window, um, and guns drawn, and you see the cross in the background, and in in the chance that you hear. You hear them doing these anti-Semitic like like chants, and it, dog, they perfectly. What I realize now, as I'm talking to you guys and I'm saying this out loud, I'm realizing those chants you hear under that shot are the chants from Charlottesville. And he just goes into this Charlottesville raw footage, just raw footage cuts into cuts just to the raw footage, raw footage, Charlottesville bro. mixed with our current president defending them. President defending them shows the the uh, the driver who killed that woman who ran over a bunch of people killed that woman shows the people at the aftermath people screaming and crying um it's like this horrific scene this horrific moment that happened last year last year uh he puts the date up yeah tells you what the date is yeah um heather how do you say it heather hayer h-e-y-e-r hayer heather Heather hayer like she's a woman who was killed um and I remember Spike Lee kept saying like he had to reach out to her mom because he wanted to show her photo in full and pay respects. Like he he really wanted to pay respects. And I just keep thinking in my head like, man, this movie came out on Friday, a year afterwards. Our president literally came out again and kind of like didn't call didn't did not call out the all right or or KKK. Basically said um, it was a peace for all races or some craziness like that. Uh, and I'm like, man, we live in a world that I'm pretty sure. In the 70s and 80s, people were fighting. 60s, 70s, people thought they were fighting against what stopped to exist. And everyone, I think, in our lifetime thought in 2008, when we had our first black president, we were done with this. We were done trying to prove that, hey, man, women are equal. People of color are equal. But no, no. 
It's almost like everything is undone. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I thought it was insane that we had a black president. Not I did crazy too. that can you believe we had a uh, not crazy like oh no a black person can't be president but like it does not make sense on paper. Like because it was, <laughs> like, it, it was less than fifty years. It was less than fifty years after African Americans got the right to vote that we got a black president. Let me tell you, these are the, these are the tweets that he wrote out this weekend. Thank you to Kanye West and the fact that he is willing to tell the truth. One new fact and great fact, African-American unemployment is the lowest ever recorded in the history of our country. Which had nothing to do with him. So honored by this. Thank you, Kanye, for your support. It's making a big difference. The fact that this white dude is taking wow. credit for something and won't... I'm Okay, can I say one thing? And I know this may be controversial. Mm-hmm. I, I love Barack Obama, but I am so mad at how elegant he is. I'm like, man, this dude is tearing down your legacy and taking credit for hard work that you did. And if you don't want to say it, I totally understand if you want to say it, send some of your advocates out there. Like, get credit for what you did, man. Right. The economy has nothing to do with this dude. As a matter of fact, the economy is plateauing right now. And Take credit, bruh. Right. You the did this. The only people who are, are being helped by Donald Trump in this economy are rich people. Uh, uh. Um, okay. And then he said, the riots in Charlottesville a year ago resulted in senseless death and division. We must come together as a nation. I condemn all types of racism and acts of violence. Peace to all capital, all Americans. You know, but you know what? You know what I'll say? Here's what I'll say. (laughs) If people don't understand that that is a a dog whistle, I, I... you know what I mean? Like, here's the thing. It's no, like, but you know you, what? You know, you can no longer just be like, oh, all lives matter. There's a reason that he is putting all in capitals. Yeah, bro. It's in caps. It's in caps. All types of racism? What does that even mean? Yeah, John. Racism is you racism. You like all types of racism. You know, like racism against, you know, white people that are trying to kill black people. Like that kind of racism. Like we just sort of, we should be accepting... No, no, man. It's it's hard because like we're looking at this world and it's 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 scary because as a person who's getting older, it's like, oh, I, I would like to reproduce at some point in my life, right? <laughs> but, I, yeah. but I but I keep thinking about the world that if that was to happen, what what would I leave them? Right. Like what what kind of what would I leave them to? Because I do think the generation under us is 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 way more way more outspoken, way more accepting of different people. But the thing I always forget about is that they are older people who keep passing down these evil thoughts. And we live in a world now where if you question it, you're telling a lie. You're, you're, you're like, the reason that we literally say, was it, was false news is because a blonde white woman got caught lying. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why we do it. Yeah. And we've co-opted the word. Everyone says it. Real quick, I just want to say the reason that I, the other reason I think this is brilliant, right, is because I actually was having this thought while I was watching this film. During the watching film, even when he was dropping in the hints of, you know, the president, like making a comment about mm-hmm. President Trump and mm-hmm. make America great again and uh, super predators mm-hmm. and America first and all these things where he was like compare. He was like trying to show you in little ways mm-hmm. like how this is still happening today. I still thought, yeah, but people are going to look at this and they're going to go, ah, but I'm not a part of that. I'm not with this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not really, 
it's like yeah i hear what you're saying but it's not in the no way it's in it's, it's not the same it's just not the same and he stopped a movie where you're just waiting for a nice little ending of like all right he did this he took these people down we arrest oh we skip the, over this part we get the 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 corrupt cop yeah we get the corrupt cop you know they arrest they got him they arrest him and it's like all these like boom 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 black people won black people won and like he even says it like in that conversation where they're having before they have the breakup he's like i saved your like i saved your life i did good why and she's like it doesn't matter yep you're still part of this thing it doesn't matter i'm out and then immediately we cut to the present day you see all these things that are happening and then it just ends in silence you have the upside down flag Mm -hmm. and you realize this isn't over we have to do something about this stuff yeah you know so it, it doesn't allow people to feel good about themselves they can't just leave the movie saying oh i just watched this movie you know it's about racism that happened back then and now i get to leave and say oh this is great like everything's no. solved no i mean it, 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 you know that's kind of I, I know i usually do the whole dear hollywood but i kind of want to talk to us you know what i'm saying yeah i want to talk to james the third John Braylock, myself, and the listeners. Because I think okay. we live in a world now where, man, we got to do something, bro. Like, we just got to. I'm looking at it, the mere fact that as we record this podcast, there are neo-Nazis uh, and KKK members marching in Washington, D.C. in front of the White House, in front of a president who won't condemn them, who won't even say their names, as a matter of fact. Like, I think we have, I know it's tiring. I know people always say, man, I, I hate being the black person has to call out racism. I hate being a woman who has to call out sexism. I, I, I get it. I get it. But at the end of the day, we got to. I mean, we live in a world now where we're trying to change people's perception. And and I do believe that allies are needed. Like, as people of color, we need white allies. Women need men allies. Like, uh, people in the LGBTQ community need like heterosexual allies. Like we need these things and we have to make a choice to actually actively do something, whether it's marching, whether that you teach kids and you tell kids, you teach them ethics, man. You teach them like we're all equal. Like whether you need to march, whether you want to join Black Lives Matter, because again, that is not a hate group. That's just a group who's fighting for equality. All right. Um, whether or not you have a relative even as a black person i I have relatives who are older who say things that i think are racist and i always say this is racist or this is homophobic you got to you may not want to have that fight at thanksgiving but you can only have it i can't like i don't i'm not close to your granddaddy or grandma i'm not close to your auntie who says things that are super racist about mexicans that ain't me you can she grew up with you she knows you and i think we have to have that fight non-stop like we here at this podcast have this podcast we perform at UCB at a show that talks about race. We've tried to do videos with Comedy Central to do the things. And hopefully, as we get further along, we can do more. You know, but it's going to take everybody. It takes people who vote. Like, I, I do I, I, I do understand people who say, you know, my vote doesn't count, my vote doesn't matter. But it does. Like, we need more people to do two things at once. We need more people to get involved in politics who care about our interests and we need more people to vote for those people who care about our interests especially in local elections local elections matter more just don't vote for the president like that's not it like we need we need senators we need governors we need we oh my god those things all that matter and again like i'm not even trying to harp or preach to you but movies like this also help 
you know when you do certain songs when you put up a play at your school every little thing you do helps and it just takes not getting tired because right now we're bombarded by things every day how often are you tired just watching the news yeah waking up in the morning i feel exhausted going on facebook seeing the person you went to class with who is now openly racist and you're like what the hell i used to high five with you man like right so you know that's it just just be be you know just keep folk i don't know i'm tired i, I can't deal with this anymore it's like <laughs> it's like i i, I i'm trying what a man. perfect way to end i'm tired man, i'm tired man good yeah, guy educate yourself read a good man i'm telling you man get woke, books get up out books to bed learning the thing is learning <laughs> read a book read a book it's so dumb right and if you don't like reading books audible audible will read the book mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. there if you want a good voice samuel jackson i think reads some of james baldwin's books now Ooh. like yeah man get your get it in there so that's all i got for y'all all right james um I mean, the only thing that I want to add is that, like, I think that this movie um, is just really pretty fantastic and pretty perfect from beginning to end, like, on its own. Like, I think, like, the movie couldn't have ended. The only way this movie could have ended is how it ended, you know? Like, we we needed to see the the, the real footage. We needed the silence. Like, we needed the, the flag. We needed all of that. And so I just really think that, you know... Spike did a great job, and the movie works. the The movie works great uh, as as it is by by itself. Well, that's great, man. I, I, I'm not gonna lie; I'm surprised. I thought I was gonna. I was getting kind of curious how James was gonna use Hancock in this, but yeah, for the listeners, the Hancock. I'm not saying no. No, no, no. I wasn't gonna say Hancock. No, it's fine. I'm just saying I was. Didn't have to. I was expecting a Hancock bit, and we didn't get one, so I'm kind of like, cool, man. Like, because how would no, James? No. Okay, fine. I have to do well, it. I have to elicit Hancock. I wasn't going to do it, but now I have to, okay? Well, so, like, uh-huh. I feel like we need Hancock now more than ever, wait. you know? We need, like, a, we need a big old black superhero just big swooping in, flying <laughs> in, okay? <laughs> and it just just beating up white supremacists, just punching them left and right, just pow, pow, pow. Pow. Welcome to Earth. Pow, pow. You know what I'm talking about? I think that's the wrong Will Smith character. <laughs> No, he says, welcome to Earth, as he as he punches him. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, you know what? Your head is going up his ass, going up his ass. Just a bunch of white supremacists with their heads up each other's asses. Just pop, 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 a human centipede across all of America. Just, oh God, uh, oh just one head up another ass, <laughs> up another ass. Pop. Okay, you know what? And forget, you know what? What? And, and, and you know, the message of the first Hancock, he had a white girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. And when they got together, he was weak. Uh-huh. No, fuck the swirl for this one. He has a, he has a Nubian queen <laughs> as, his, as his wife, and, and they get together, and they become more powerful, and they're just white supremacists left and right. Pow, pow, pow. You know what? Pow. I encourage, you know what? Okay, James, you've, you've won me over today. I agree with this Hancock bit. You know what? Human centipede all the white supremacists across America. (laughs) Human centipede all the white supremacists. All right. Cool. Uh, Didn't think I was ever going to agree with one of these bits ever. Wow. Okay. Didn't expect that. Wow. Okay. The the, the end bit. How do we do this? John, over to you, my friend. All right. So for those... (laughs) Who don't know, we rate and review films uh, not based on how much we like them nope. or how well we think they were made artistically, but how 
much they support the cause yep. of more leading black actors in Hollywood. So, if we think the film fully supported the cause, we give it a black fist. Yep. If we think it somewhat supported the cause, we give it a white palm. Uh-huh. A white palm. Okay. And if we think it didn't really support the cause at all, we don't give it anything. Respect. So, on the count of three, we going to throw up our rating. Uh, do we have to wait till the read or something? Uh, do we just do it now? just count one and a two, three. All right. I did it on two. I did it on two. I knew I wasn't waiting. Black. Give it a fist. Give it a fist. If you didn't think Yo, this was getting three fists, I got, I got 17 black fists over here. Who else you got at That's your house, just bro? pop, pop, pop. Who got, who 17 you black fists. Wow, That's, uh, Troubling for many reasons. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> all right. So we got three black fists. Uh, yeah. I mean... I'm very excited to see J.D. Washington be in some more films. Um, what was uh, the woman's name who was in this film? She's also in Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, uh, uh, James, you remember. Harry, uh, Laura, Laura Harrier or Lauren? Hold on. And, Uh-oh. I'm messing up. No, but she was great. <laughs> she, she, she was fantastic, man. I was like, this woman... Also, I loved the character that she played. I love that she had urgency. I loved that at the end, man, when he pulls out his gun, yo, she was strapped the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Like, she was about it. Yeah. Um, I love that. It's Laura, by the way, just to be sure. Laura. I I, I loved everything she was about. I thought she was great. Um, Yeah, man. Yeah. I don't even know. Was I giving my review? I don't know. Were you you done, John? Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, no. I mean, and, and to piggyback on that, I just... I think the story needed to be told, and I think Spike Lee did it in a way that was beautiful. I, I, I really do. If this movie does not get nominated for an Oscar, which is a funny thing because as Spike Lee is doing these interviews, he keeps shading the fact that he's like, yeah, you know, times are different, but let's not forget, uh, do the right thing was do the right thing, and it did not get nominated for an Oscar. And like, I love that Spike Lee is like, hey, man, I deserved one. I didn't get one. Uh, so what are we going to do about it? <laughs> Uh, I love that about that black man. Yeah. Salutes to you, brother. Salutes to you. All right. Um, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, and this is gonna this is gonna uh, sound like I'm repeating myself uh, because a lot of the praise for this movie I've said already. But I gave it a fist because I really just think that if you if we're thinking about do the right thing, uh, you know, one of Spike Lee's earlier movies and this movie together. And just think about them. They're perfect companions to each other. Like, Do the Right Thing was 85, set in 85, super poignant today, right? You look Mm -hmm. at it and you're like, that's the shit that's going on in the streets right now. Black Klansman takes place before that, but he figures out a way to make it direct. I mean, he doesn't have to figure it out. It already does. But it directly aligns with what we're talking about right now. The movie couldn't have ended any other way. He puts on the video at the end. Just gives you something to, to think about. And I hope that, you know, I, I hope that, and I'm talking mostly to myself, but I hope that this does empower people to go out there, fight, make a stand, mm-hmm. uh, and just like, don't, you know, we're not sitting around, you know, and just letting this shit happen. I thought the acting in this was fantastic. I, I, you know, I love John David Washington. I love, I love ballers. You know, that's my show. I thought he did a great job in this movie, particularly the way that he navigated all the different uh, groups that he had to be in. I thought that he acted the shit out of that. Uh, Laura Harrier was fantastic. Uh, and, I, and, and shout out to Ron Stallworth just for living this. Like, I just think that every, yeah. single, every single element of th- getting this story made and getting it out there 
is is doing a hell of a lot of good. And so I just want to end on uh, All Lives Matter is just a really pathetic uh, phrase, but I want to end on all power to all people, which there are similar phrases on paper, but it's all about what you really mean when you say it. And I mm-hmm. think that all power to all people is beautiful, and I just want to end with that. That's beautiful, dude. All power to all people. I like that. All powerful to all people. Okay, so guys, you can follow us at Black Men Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Please tweet at us. We love hearing from the fans. If you have, you know, anything you want to add or any comments, things you love, you know, if you have some critiques, please just be friendly with it, okay? But we love hearing. We love listening. I mean, yeah, as you people have come at me in aggressive ways, I will usually always respond, trying with kindness, but you know. Um, you can also reach us at blackmenpodcast at gmail.com if you want to email us if you're not on social media. Also, you can rate and review us on iTunes. If you leave us a five-star review, we will read it on the air, and I'll be doing that in just a bit. Follow me at John Braylock, J-O-N-B-R-A-Y-L-O-C-K on Twitter and Instagram. And if you are in New York City, please come out and see our team, Astronomy Club, we perform an improv show called Let's Talk About Race, baby. baby. Uh, we do that at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, East Village, pretty much every Monday except for the third Monday of the month. So the 20th, we won't be there, but every other Monday we'll be there, 9 p.m., Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, East Village. I'm going to be at the 27th show. Oh, snap. NYC, turn up. Uh-oh, NYC, we in it. James returns. We haven't seen James at a show in a minute. Right. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. What you guys got? Um, you can follow me at Gerard Milligan. Uh, that's on Twitter and Instagram. And if you have Facebook, which you probably do, please, starting uh, Monday, August 13th, check out After After Party. Um, it's a new sketch dash pe- sketch slash panel show on Facebook hosted by a uh, comedian uh, Sonya Dene. She's super funny. They have a lot of dope people on it. I'll be on it. John is in the sketch. Tess is in the sketch. It is going to be great. Awesome. <laughs> James? And you can follow me at James Third Comedy. James Third Comedy. Dot com. <laughs> Third is 3RD. I actually really enjoy doing that. <laughs> yeah dot, dot, dot com. <laughs> uh, but honestly though you know um i'm accepting pitches for a a new handle okay oh wow you're getting rid accepting of James? pitches for a new handle yeah yeah i'm just trying to you know i'm just trying to do a, a rebranding you know trying to not just identify as james third comedy okay you know? all right, all right. let's be honest not everything is funny actually not james that's real honestly you're right uh, all right, That's here's funny. some reviews. This is by Graceful Ways, uh, titled Found a New Favorite. Hands oh, yeah. in the air emoji. Just found this podcast and I love it already. They have so much insight and the guys are great. If they ever review New Jack City okay. or First Sunday, I would probably cry tears of joy. P.S. Hancock is a great movie. Yeah. Yes, it is. New Thank Jack you. City. It is a great all movie. Right. And this First Sunday. For, uh, I didn't hear that. Sorry. I heard New Jack City, though. I want to shoot you so bad. Oh, great, because I heard New Jack City first Sunday. So, you know. We, <sighs> we, 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 All right. God, this other I hate you. We, we, we need to do those. Uh, CM Ruz. CM Ruiz. Ruz. Uh, so great. I recommend this podcast to all my friends. 
excuse me. I recommend this podcast to my friends all the time. I bring it up when people are looking for new podcasts to listen to, or we're talking about a movie that the guys had an episode on. I love that they did an episode on Double Take. Thank you. Wow. But when are they going to do one on Bones starring Snoop Dogg? What is happening? Tune in if you want a funny and fresh look at the cause in Hollywood. Yes. I love it. Yes. Thank you so much. Guys, next week we will be reviewing the film Crazy Rich Asians. Yes. Yes. You know we like to review some other films that are starred by people of color. This one is going to be. Huge deal, y'all. This is a huge it's a pretty deal. big deal. It's great. Uh, so, yeah, that's the film we're going to be reviewing next week. Go out and see it. Uh, we'll have some special guests uh, and we will see you next week. Peace. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>